The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There will be major spoilers for all things Soul King that will be coming up here. That will either interest you and you'll want to listen on or maybe about. Let's go with a quote. So this is the Reoki, which is the Soul King. And it says, I understand how you feel, your majesty. What are you talking about, Hashwolf? I'm not feeling a shred of emotion from looking at this decaying grave. Welcome back to Bleach Boys. Can't Fear Your World, Volume 3. The last of the novels, The Precipice, the uh, Climax. <laughs> Let me run out words real quick. I don't know what, uh, what you're saying. As trilogy. always, we're back. We're doing the first half of Can't Fear Your World. So we finished Chapter 22, which is where you get a lot of meat and potatoes. Let me tell you that a lot of the really juicy shit comes in that last chapter. So bear with us as we get there. As always, Jose, Pythes, how are you guys doing? Good. I survived. They fixed my back pain. Mm, man, okay, <laughs> there we good. go. Good uh, additions All on around. both fronts. This is great. Love that. Um, let's hop into the interlude. We'll just go from there. Uh, basically, oh, by the way, I'm on a laptop this time because I can't find my iPad. So, whoops. <laughs> um... So it kicks off with actually not – I feel like the past few books have started with a Aizen-Tozen theme. Yeah. Now we're going right into a just Hakone, just a Hakone hanging out, basically saying how he is every kind of soul that you can think of. He's the It's the origin of how yes. he was puzzled together. Ancient hollows, recently deceased Quincy's. They say even souls from miscarried fetuses from the When they said world. that, I was like, how the <laughs> fuck do you get That's where he gets his that. intellect from. That's where he gets his intellect yeah, from. Indeed. And they say, normally, this would really fuck someone up, and you would not be able to stay whole. But... Thank God that he has this fragments of the Soul King that he's able to use. And because of that, he's able to maintain his He was Powerpuff Girl created. Mm -hmm. But I thought this part was very interesting. But due to how many souls that he has inside of him, um, it's very hard for him to decide what his, like, morals are. It's hard Uh for him to figure out what is his righteous, what is humanity. Um, They say... He does has parts where slaughter's okay, other parts where slaughter's never okay, and it's just like it would drive normal people mad. But the only thing that is basically honing all of this to go one direction is Tokonata, and the fact that Tokonata tells him to be a good king, and he is so driven by that to be a good king to Tokonata that he just he accept he accepts he accepts it. anything he accepts it. anything he says it could be. Kill somebody? Oh, yeah, that's that's good. It could be, hey, don't kill that person. That's right. That's what I was thinking. He just accepts that as... That's Eat some what, dirt. Yeah, that's what's correct. But they say, which I like this part a lot, unbeknownst to even Hakone, a unique Hakone-ness was beginning to form within Hakone, and he was developing his own self-awareness that would lead to a split in Hakone's fate. And however, at this point, irrelevant. Right, yeah, at this <laughs> yeah. point, we haven't seen any of yeah. that. So that is how the interlude ends right there, which I thought was very short, very sweet, very interesting, where they just talk about, you know, 
we mentioned, I think last time talking about people going around stealing the swords. Yeah. They weren't just stealing the swords. They were stealing the recently deceased bodies as well. And they were just uh, How creating morbid an amalgamation. Do you think they just yep. like put them in the, like a meat grinder? Yeah. Well, I, I, I imagine in certain parts, Tokenata probably found people that were alive and he's like, Bleh. He was like, he's thank like, you. We'll just move alive. on put here. Him in there. Yep. We'll add one more to the body chunk. No problem. <laughs> I got to say that is, that's the perfect explanation you need as to why Hakone is so loyal to Tokinata. Yeah. I, yep. I would have taken the simple explanation of, well, that's he created him, so he's loyal. But Hikone doesn't know what to do with all the shit inside of him, so just listen to Tokinata. Yeah, he's, ba- he's basically a version of Aura, where if Aura had a thousand fucking minds yeah. inside of him, <laughs> and it's like the only lighthouse that he can see is Tokonata. Yep. Like Tokonata is the only thing he can see and he's just like, I'm gonna go towards that. Go and that's towards it. the light. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's just more I feel like I still, even when we read all these chapters, love Hakone. How can you I I, I, I think it's fantastic. Fanta- he's they are fantastic. Just lovable. Yeah. Just lovable. The what does he say? Yes sir indeed? Yeah. 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 Yes sir indeedy. Mm-hmm. I, I just picture that in like a cute little kid voice that like can't be more than like 11, 12 years old being like, yes, sir, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Yeah. All right. Should we just roll right into chapter 19? That was pretty short. Yeah. Well, I got one thing I want to say first. Uh, I need somebody to to like correct me. Give me fact checks because, you know, they have a quote at the beginning of all these books. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote that says that is why people have have a name for walking the path of fear. And it's quoted from Eisen. And I have no fucking clue when he said that or who he said that to. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What if maybe it comes up later? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe you'll find out. <laughs> it's one of the rare they put the quotes at the start and then it's going to come back <laughs> for a banger right at the end. Like, I'm straight up. I'm like, does this come back later in the book or is this from the manga? And I just forgot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, to be fair, Eisen does a lot of talking. He does a lot of talking. Yeah, one more thing. Uh the fuck that bitch Tokinot account will be going up drastically this episode. <laughs> I mean, Listen, in this first chapter it goes Tokenati, up. The Tokinot oh, defender yeah. here. Uh he has still not done anything technically wrong. So, if we were to <laughs> uphold Tokinot in court, he has not done anything. That's exactly what he wants you to think. <laughs> he's he's perfectly later. living in the morally gray area. You, we, I'm sorry. Do we and the Soul Society convict people for future crimes? Because yes. what's that movie called? Uh, Minority Report. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. We don't convict off of future crimes here. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's done so much dirt. <laughs> yeah, he's killing his what wife. What proof do you have, Pythes? Bring it to the table. <laughs> the chapter you are about to read. All right, here we go. So, kicking it off strong, turns out Tokunada's marriage with the Suni Yushiro family, Takakyo, was totally orchestrated by the family for experimental purposes on people with special traits in their kunpaku. Um, in classic Tokunada fashion, totally okay marrying someone from the lower class. They're like, let's fuck over Tokunada. He was like, sure, whatever. He's like, I'm down for this. They said, fuck that guy. And he is purely okay with it because it gives him an opportunity to make her absolutely despair. But Uno reverse card, Kakio was way too kind for him, even to the point where he could not upset her. And he made Tokonata very upset by this, or she made Tokonata very upset by this. And it's mentioned that especially as she continued to grow in the Soul Reaper Academy, and there were talks about her becoming a seated officer. He was upset. He was pissed. Yeah. He was like, this is bullshit. Her influence is rising. And he began to feel threatened. And so Token, I was like, I got to fuck this bitch up. Like, it's, it's getting too crazy. 
I like how you summed up that whole bit into that. Yeah. And he's just getting upset the oh, whole yeah. time. Yeah. And then, you know, wouldn't you know it, the perfect opportunity presented itself when one of his besties from the Soul Reaper Academy called him out in the middle of the night. It was like, Tokunata, I, I, I'm going to fuck you up. And it happened to be both a friend of Kakio and Tokunata. And they're like, I know what you're doing. Come meet me in the middle of the night. We're going to have an old school samurai duel. It's going to be great. And, of course, Kakio being the fucking loving wife she is, even though Tokunata is – he could be a better person. She right? tried to he, change him. He, yeah. She was like Marjorie in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. for, for – you know, that, that's what she was trying to do here. And she appeared because she was concerned where her husband would have gone in the middle in of the, the night. middle of the night. Totally normal like concern. Like a real woman. So wife. she stepped in the middle of this duel that was happening to try to stop them. And uh, Pythes, uh, this I'm going to quote, that bitch Tokunata saw this as the perfect opportunity to not only eliminate his Soul Reaper bestie, but also Kakyo at the same time. So he threw Kakyo at the Soul Reaper, slashed them both down at the same time. And it says, even as she lied dying, Kakyo did not look despaired at all. And she even apologized to Tokunata for not being able to clear the clouds away from him. She was too good for him. And Tokunata was fucking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I think it says like he was basically yelling at her as she was dying, but he was kicking the best friend on the ground and he was just just screaming. Dude, my only notes for that whole part. I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. And so, of course, as we know, following the incident, uh, the Sunni Ashiro family obviously made up a story of that there was adultery and it was self-defense because even though Tokunata is the lowest, it still looks bad on the family. And it says that the deception might have succeeded and it might have honestly changed where Tokunata would end up had it not been for a certain Junsui Kiraku, a significant aristocrat's son brought forth a shred of evidence against him, and that fucked up the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Boy. Yeah. So that whole thing about him killing his wife, that is fuck that bitch Tokinata number 11. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. There you go. His, his attitude to his wife doing well turned him into a petty, jealous bitch. Yeah, he was such a dick about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's such a narcissist. I wrote down the quote. At this rate, she would usurp everything. His very self would erode away. Yep. Like, what the fuck? So that's almost like, I feel like I you could take that as Tokonata was so self-aware and, like, his number one joy in the world, right, was... Uh, like Joffrey, he loved torturing people, loved torturing <laughs> yes. people, loved fucking them up. And then this person came along and it was almost like his uh, aggression, like his uh, torturing loving side got defensive. She's like, yo, if I stay with this person for any longer, she's going to take that away. Like she's going to fix me. I don't want to be fix. fixed. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. And ju- just like any bad like fan fiction no, she could not fix him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now we go back to the palace forefront back in the Kyogoku and Kiraku, which sounds very similar now I'm saying them back to back. They have arrived beneath the enormous floating castle, which he remarks was likely built using a similar technique as the Ryokyu, the uh, Squad Zero grounds. And he senses a very familiar spiritual pressure from inside the palace. And of course, he proceeds towards it. He's full on suspecting that Tokunata is just sitting there waiting for them. Wouldn't you fucking know it? No way. So before that, Kiraku asked Kimpachi, like, hey, before you go ape shit, can I please talk to Tokunata for a second? And if they act correctly, they can kind of wiggle their way out of this being mutiny and yep. killing somebody from the noble families. And Yoruichi, uh, 
is like, you know, if we are going to kill Tokonata, I kind of wish Byakuya would be the one that gets the chance yeah. to do it. Yeah. She calls back to when they had the meeting in the secret underground lair that Tokonata shit talked his wife to Byakuya's face. Fucking dick. And they mentioned that Byakuya, although he remained super calm, super diligent, you know, like very professional, very noble. Like, um, nor- like usual. Yoruichi said that she could tell he was fucking pissed. And then this is when they write off both Byakuya and Hitsugaya that they're off investigating each ghost stuff. Yeah, so, they have to get rid of the rest of the gang of in order for all of that Which to happen. Which I do like, aside from Kenpachi and I- I- Ikaku and Yumichika, they have pretty much sidelined most of the characters we've seen for like 90% of the show. Yeah, all, all the side. Yeah. Which I regulars. I like. Yeah. I like. And I, I, this is not a spoiler, but 22 chapters in to Can't Fear Your Own World, I still do not like Shuhei any more than I did watching the show. We'll get there. I'm like, he's kind of growing on me a little bit more. Not at all for me. Not a single bit. I, I'm 22 chapters in. Hisagi, don't don't, re- don't really feel anything for him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what you have to say after you finish it. All right. Okay. I, so, <laughs> go ahead. You got something? I have, yeah, I like I like the idea that uh, Shunsui's like, hmm, let's try and wiggle our way out of this legally. Just in case. He really thought it out, though, like how to entice him, the words, the, like the proper phrasing of things to say. Instead of actually trying to go into straight combat for with him, it was like, it's probably the smart move. Well, it's so different because usually in Bleach, there are no politics in the way. It's just bad guy in castle, go get him. Yeah, just and they talk about, I don't know if they bring, I think they bring this up in the next conversation. I don't know if I wrote it down, but Shunsui is like, hey, he was literally like his job was to be the, you know, the surveillance team yeah. basically. So like, what are the odds that he maybe has a camera in here? And if like, if we fail, he has all of this footage of us attacking him and it's fucked. Yeah. So he's like, we have to, let me talk. Let me let, let him cook mm-hmm. and then, and then do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they are at the point where they are confronting Tokunata. He steps out on his balcony from his fucking castle. And this is where Kyaku tries to reason with him. You know, like, hey, what if you maybe didn't do what you're trying to do? And Tokunata, initially, he's like, listen, let me explain. I got I got a great plan here. Great plan. He says he wants to create a world where people like Ichigo actually get the credit for the deeds that they've done. Because he finds it so fucked up that Ichigo has, you know, saved the world. All the Countless worlds, times. All of them. Yeah. And nobody knows. Even the people of Soul Society have not been told the real deal. Which, side note, fair fucking point, honestly. I, I mean, he's yeah. not wrong, but yeah. then we get Nell's. Uh, yeah, Nell's like, pers- you don't know Ichigo. You know, yeah. he wouldn't really want. But to be fair, that's a fair point so far. Because, mm-hmm. like, he does deserve some respect off of that. He's just using that as his excuse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Tokonata being Tokonata, of course, his plan revolves revealing the existence of Konpaku soul reapers, basically revealing the whole shindig mm-hmm. to everybody, which he says straight up will lead to societal chaos, destruction. Everybody will start finding out like their beliefs weren't correct. Everybody will start acting on their own. Uh, I think points out is like that would cause so much mayhem where you would have so many different things happening with people. Like now they know where the line is, you know, like what, yeah, like what, what makes you, Go to hell. I mean, fucking humans have all these weapons to annihilate everything. Yeah, and he said he's so worried that it will turn into, like, this little pissing game, basically, where it's like, now they know what waits for them. Now they know what they can do. Now they know the rules. I'm just going to become a a spirit. Yeah, and people will speed run it to the end. He's like, he can't 
You can't have that. And Kirok is like, you're purely doing this once again just to watch the world break for your own amusement. Like, you don't actually have a goal. And he just wants to see everybody in despair. Tokonata is like, wants to watch the world burn. Yeah. And Tokonata's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, you got me. <laughs> and all the groups, it's so funny. There's because you got to remember this ragtag group is Aronkars, Quincy's, the zombies, fucking all the Soul Reapers. They're all there. And everybody is watching this and like trying to distance themselves from Tokonata. I think at one point they compare Tokonata to Loopy. Yeah, And Loopy's like, no, no, He's like, no, he's like no. hey, hey, like, I am not that <laughs> fucking crazy, guys. Yeah, and he's like, I like to destroy things, but not like that, guys. Come on. <laughs> and like, even Loopy was like, fuck that guy. That page cracked me up. Yeah. It, just it's, the dialogue that was happening, even with so uh, Nell and Lil Toto. Yeah. Or no, it's Grimjo and Lil Toto. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, is, is that Ichigo's girl or what? He's like, nah. Ichigo's girl's a lot more cheery than this one. <laughs> yeah, he's like womanizer. That that goes onto another list of like Lil Toto dubs because she's just casually having a shipping conversation with Grim Jow of all people. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> Which goes to stay consistent, by the way, because she was also the only one to have a conversation with Grimmy. Yeah, that's 100% so. Once again, true. like the two scary people, she's just like, "What up?" Hey, <laughs> like, what, hey like, you. She also flew right up and had a conversation with Hakone in the last book. True. Yeah. True. True. So it's consistent. She's awesome. So Tokonata, in rebuttal to this, he's like, even if this were true, let's say I'm this horrible guy. I'm trying to destroy the world just for fun. What is the crime that you, as the captain commander, the head captain, is coming here to me What today. are you charging like, him with? What have you done, me, a member of the four great noble houses? And Kiraku says, you know, normally that would be a good point. And I was really thinking, and I actually got the answer from Sunosuke. Uh, I, and he's like, I'm going to charge you for the crime of transferring a Soul Reaper's power to a human. And obviously <laughs> referencing Hakone. I love that. And he says, you know, normally it would be very hard to get that to stick to a noble house like that. But we've already seen it work on one noble house, referencing Rukia. <laughs> yep. I was like, damn, like that is crazy. I straight up forgot that that was what he used, and I was losing my shit when I read that chapter. So I was good. like, damn, he yeah. really hit him with his own shit. <laughs> yeah. And Tokonata, yo, he, he kind of knew this was coming. So he's like, well, because obviously he's seen everything. He has the cameras everywhere. He's like, well, I mean, if that's illegal, you guys all gave Ichigo his powers back when the full bring arc. Mm-hmm. And Kiraku's like, well, actually, the head captain gave us special exceptions to do that. And I don't remember giving you that same exception. And like, <laughs> damn, it's so good. And then at this point, Tokenon knows he lost the conversation. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm out on that one. They got me. Kudos. And so now he's going to try classic another Tokenata situation where he's going to just try and poke a prod. We'll see if we'll catch Shun to be <laughs> off guard. He's like, well, what about your boy Shinji? Aren't you worried about how he's doing back there? He's like, horde of monsters. And Kirk is like, he's an adult. He he's can, okay. He can handle it. And Tokenata at this point steps forward. He's like, okay, all right, come on. He steps forward from the balcony. And the shadow of him on the balcony touches right at Kiraku's feet. When, of course, Kiraku goes right into the fucking Whoop. shadow, appears right at Tokenata's feet with his blade drawn, which is baller. I thought that was badass as fuck. So, mm. Sam, you, Kiraku? I, I, I'm not, I'm, say it again. I'll say it again. I, I, I'll admit, he's really good in this novel. Yeah, he's, really, really yeah, he's good a badass. Novel. Uh, I would say the most improved for me, and the second person I'm going to say might be a little shocking because he's just so well loved. But for me, you know, he's he was he was okay. He was a character. Um, Shunsui, obviously Kiraku. He's done big improvements in my book. I think he's much better in Camp Fear on World than most of the stuff that I remember from the manga. Mm-hmm. I think he has really good fucking banter, and 
Shinji. I think Shinji. Yeah. I, Shinji's, I, I, Shinji's a lot such funnier. a well-loved character yeah. already. For me, he was like, yeah, it's Shinji. You know, he kind of falls with the visors where he just gets roasted all the time. He is so relatable in this story and so fucking good where it just it, awesome. Shinji's had great moments I mean, in this. Earlier on, what was it? Like last video where he's like, shit, I don't want to get involved in this, but I kind of have yeah. to. Fuck me. Yeah. And I think they like he was the only one hanging out at Kukaku's house where he's like, why the fuck should, am I here? I should yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of Shinji, we go back over to him, of course, after talking about him. And we see that he has just completely eradicated this horde of monsters. They're just all fucking gone. And of course, where we last saw him in the last novel, he just activated Sakunade's Bankai. And it basically, he's thinking about this power that he has. You know, this is where we get, uh, I think, Pythias, you bring this up quite a bit, but we'll go through the whole thing. His Bankai, as we saw in the Thousand Year Blood War anime, this is where it was first ever introduced in the Camp World novel. It is, I would try to pronounce this, Sakashima, Yokoshima, Hapa, Fusagari. I think that's close enough. And he says that it confounds the perception of friend and foe in the minds of his enemies. So basically, it causes them to turn on each other, but despite his strength, the Bankai has like huge drawbacks to it. As we've talked about a million times, it affects both allies and enemies. And so because of that, it's basically unusable in group battles, unusable in one-on-ones. And Shinji thinks back to Thousand Blood War, how he got fucking roasted yep. in the manga, okay? And he's like, you know, if they had just invaded from outside of the walls, I could have really ended the whole fucking thing. You know, it would have been just GG. But then he also thinks about... Who's to say if someone like Yuha was there, he's not even sure that he could guarantee it would it work. It would affect them. Uh, especially because Aizen has already like bounced out of his Shikai one time. And that's when we get the famous line about his Zanpakuto just being too contrary. Because his Shikai is good for the strong opponents and his Bankai is good for the weak opponents. Love Shinji. And then we go last bit of the chapter here. We go to Aura, Yukio, Genjo. They're in the middle of... Uh, about to be a fight out in the fucking desert on their own because they snuck off in case mm-hmm. everybody's paying attention here. They snuck off and fucked away to wherever. And Or explains that, like, listen, you guys are wasting your time trying to attack me. I'm impervious to physical attack, so come on. And she goes on to explain that I'm a Tokonata. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you what the fuck my goal is. And he's like, but Genjo, the original founder, like, if you want to join us, come on, that'd be pretty cool. Be part of the crew. And she's like, listen, the original execution you said was a, you know, I forget what the tagline was, but group of losers or weirdos that can change the world. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's what we're doing. We're going to change the world where the Fullbringers can be strong. And Aura's like, hey, on the real, though, thank you for giving my father hope. Like, he didn't have anything until he heard about your group. And Genjo's like... This is pretty suspicious. Pretty. Yeah. I love how he's like, I don't know if I want to trust you on yeah. this because, I mean, I did get your dad killed. Yeah. So. It's like, this sounds a bit too good to be true. And so he turns to Tsukushima and is like, yeah, so if you could go stab Yukio then, that would be pretty good because he's not impervious. We'll yeah. just go fuck him up. So Tsukushima stabs Yukio with the Book of the End to counteract. Basically, they believe he's being manipulated. There's brainwash happening. But... However, all of a sudden, Tsukushima is now at Genjo's back and stabbing Genjo right with the same blade and then Giriko is attacked also and Genjo's past is rewritten by Tsukushima's power dot 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 that's all we saw completely forgot about that I well when I read it I was like for some reason I didn't see this coming yeah I I was just like wow okay obviously uh you know if Pythes forgot about that this does not come up until for the rest of the chapters that we read (laughs) so who knows what happened there that was the little bit we saw right at the start you will not see it at this video probably the second video you'll see yeah I'm excited to relearn what the fuck we did what does this come to? <laughs> okay. yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So solid chapter. Best parts of the chapter by far is the Kiraku banter with Tokonata. By far. But good Shinji stuff. I was surprised because we saw the Bankai in uh, Bowser Blower now. And I have seen it so many times in Bleach Brave Souls. So many, so many times. Um, I was surprised by how you almost don't even see it in the in the novel. Like they don't describe like you're not there for that ba- the, the the battle. They just, just tell you about the dead. carnage that was left over. Yeah. Like like bodies and yeah. being chewed out and clawed out and stuff. And I was surprised by like, you know, the brief moment of Shinji that we got, like right after his Bankai, it's pretty short. It's a pretty short version in the actual novel itself. I was like, I thought something as impactful, like the cliffhanger from last episode or last novel would have been huge. But no, they, no, they, they just really casually it. wrote it off. Mm-hmm. So you get the cool picture and then you get the explanation of how it, how works, it works. And that, and that was enough for us before we had gotten to see it. Yeah. 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 Then you get, you know, not okay version in Blair Brave Souls. You get a good version of Thousand Blood where I feel like. Yeah. Has good yeah, it, it is pretty good, yeah. Although I it has feel Pepe's like music in I it, gotta you know? say the difference <laughs> to the novel to the Thousand Blower anime, I feel like in the novel they made it seem like his range was much longer. They you said know? it was like miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where I gotta imagine there would have been Soul Reapers in the area in Thousand Blower if it was that big of a radius. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that. Which is why I said it shouldn't have happened in the anime. But, yeah. Yeah. Because also, I mean, cool like, one. in the novel now, where, like, Shinji's thinking about it, he's like, man, if they appeared outside of the walls, I would have fucked them. I would have killed everybody. But now he used it. So it's like, you don't really have an excuse if you're just, like, can clear everybody out pop it real quick. That's Shinji uh, justifying your thoughts, Sam, from forever ago where you said, hey, could Shinji have just ended the war in a minute? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Ima- imagine the Soul Reapers, you, just like Guild Arts, where they move everything. I think we that's did talk about I that. That's what I said, Jose. Yeah? That's what I said. Yeah, put a okay. wall over it. It's fine. I was just going to say, like, there's a, an escape button for all the Soul Reapers. They just teleport to a safe distance. Oh, no, no. Okay, so you get Kensei, right? Big, strong Kensei. He mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. throws Shinji into the into the Stern Raider, and Shinji just pops it. Well, like, here's the thing, right? Here's, here's what I'm imagining. Okay. Picture in Lord of the Rings, right? They're all surrounded by the orcs at the very end. This is Return of the King. Okay? Oh, when he goes for Frodo. Yes, yes, exactly. That's the scene, Jose. So that's what happens. Kiraku in this novel, it is established that he can do this. He grabs everybody and goes into the shadows, and then just leaves just Shinji there. Yeah, pops it. Does it affect shadows? No, I don't think so. I don't so. think it I don't could, think so. right? Because I, it was shown that we're going to get to this later, right? There's a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> little shadowing. Um, Tokonata is using his ability, which I will not spoil, but it's not damage. It's not doing anything to the shadows. It's not, yeah. it's, a, it's not like he can shoot it in there. I mean, like, can it affect people that are into the shadow realm? No, I think it's like a different realm. I think it's a, that it's would a whole make other sense. Thing. It's like a transportation thing. Yeah. It is, it is a plane between planes. Yes. There we go. Thank yes. you. We did it. We figured we are making lore. <laughs> yeah, so dude, I'm uh, we're the Mythbusters of Bleach. He could do that, and then we're good. They got to start thinking on their feet. I'm looking at my notes and seeing if I missed anything. Has he talked about Hakone yet? No. no. Oh, we'll get there. I have some fuck. I, I wrote down quote for quote for this shit, so continue onwards. All right. Chapter 20, now where we will get an introduction in just a moment. We cut back to Shuhei Sagi, the main character of this novel. And he has found himself trapped in a very strange place within the Kyogoku. After, you know, he left Tessai, he's fucking doesn't know where the fuck he is now. He's like disoriented. Mm-hmm, yep. And he's like, I'm in the building, 
but it's not like any that the Soul Society or the World of the Living would have. And that's when he sees this large cylindrical glass case. And he's like, it's kind of like something that would be in the Department of Research and Development, but not quite sure what it's for. Hisagi tries to contact the outside world with a soul pager. Of course, it doesn't fucking work because they're in like the fucking shadow realm somewhere. And he's like, man, if I could contact my boy Akon, he would figure out what this That's is. That's right. Could Bring in the boy We back. could destroy all of this. And Hisagi then encounters Hakone. And he's like, yeah, please don't destroy that. It's like, That's my throne. And he's like, oh, what's up, Hikone? <laughs> it's like, how's it going? He has uh, such a nice conversation yeah. with him at first. And so Hisagi like, senses Hikone's spiritual pressure, and he says it's much different from when he even last saw him, and it's unusually dense and complex. And now it's containing, obviously, elements of Soul Reapers, humans, Quincy's, but the hollow within him is much stronger than it was before. Hisagi then attempts to talk with Hikone, and he's like, listen, like, what's your deal? Like, what do you know about the world? Like, how are you? And Hikone is just like not taking any of this shit. Uh, Hisagi tries to go deep conversation and explains that there's different kind of justices. You just Tokonata's isn't the correct justice. And Hikone is just like, listen, I just do what Tokonata tells me to. Tokonata's my world, man. Like I, I and he, Hisagi is like, you don't want to like question like what took, and he's like, no, <laughs> like I'm it's, good. It's kind of fucked up. I see like you know how like a dog will always follow you kind of thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. It's like you could do no harm in their eyes. Yeah. And like because of that, like Hasagi kind of gets frustrated. He's like, come on. Like you got to like think for yourself, like do something. And he's like legitimately concerned for Hakone's well-being at this point. Like from like a supportive dad or brother. Yeah. He's like, it's a kid, man. Come on. Yeah. You can't and just use him. So he tries to restrain him now using Bakuro. But obviously it's Hakone. We've seen he's strong as fuck and he breaks free. Hasagi already knew that was going to happen. But he's like, fuck it. Maybe I'll try it. He won't know any better. He'll. He'll stay as it, as it is. And he tries to shoot off another Bakudo, but of course, Hakone, being fast as fuck, disappears right next to him and uses his spiritual pressure to like kind of tap him on the back of the head and knocks him unconscious. Dude, I, I thought it was. I just pictured like a little paw, like a palm yeah. strike, and then just knocked out for yeah. hours. And like as Hasagi is falling unconscious, Hakone is apologizing. He's like, oh, sorry. Like, I'm please so stay sorry, here. Sorry. Like, just rest. Like, you're going to be fine. And Hasagi, as he loses consciousness, he's thinking to himself. He's going down like he can't move. He can't do anything. And he says that he has now realized what it is Hakone lacks and wants to really help Hakone, but he he can't. He can't even say anything as he's falling down. Hakone leaves the room smiling and just leaves Hasagi in there. And that's the Hakone interaction for now. Once again, Hakone that whole time, just in case I didn't sell enough, just happy-go-lucky. He's just happy to be here. He was happy yes, to indeed. see Hasagi. He's like, yeah. oh, hey. He's like, like, I remember you. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey. And then I think they were even talking about um, what's he going to do when he's king. And he's like, I'll remember you guys. Like, you guys help me out. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, and he's just such a nice little innocent kid. I would love like a chapter of a Hakone spinoff. He's off on an adventure. I do like that bit where I think uh, Shuhei addresses. He's like, why do I feel like I'm afraid of a kid? I've never been afraid of a kid before. And <laughs> he goes like, wait, there's Hitsugaya, Yachiru, yeah. Hiyori. He's like, fuck. He's like, I am afraid of children. Yeah. Dude, that shit was hilarious. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's so funny. But, like, Hakone is such a pure little entity, you know? It's like, just happy I to never be want anything there. to taint them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what Hasagi feels like, where he's like, man, like, explore the world. Like, go live your life. And yeah. he's like, no, I'm going to go fight for Tokonata. He's like, I'm going to do what uh, that bitch Tokonata mm -hmm. wants. We'll fix him. I can, I can fix Hakone. <laughs> so then we go below the castle now. In the air, though. Below the castle, in the air courtyard we're hanging out having a good time with everybody the whole gang's there shunsui of course where we last saw launch surprise attack on tokonata in case anybody forgot i'm like a fucking anime doing recaps over here and tokonata surprise surprise blocked it 
you know, and it's funny, Kimpashi at this point, he's like pissed off. He's like, what the fuck? It's like, you told me to wait. And now you're in there first. Like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and Tokunata at this point calls down to Hakone, who just, I'm here. Like, no biggie. And he is pleased that he, Hakone came flying down, landed on the ground. And he's like, oh, I did a perfect landing. Like, finally. Superhero landing. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and everyone is now very taken aback with Hakone and his massive spiritual pressure that he's basically displaying now where all of them are like this is way different from before way yeah, way, like, way mm, there's something before. wrong hyperbolic time chamber and this is where tokenata lets everybody in on the master game plan that tokenata wants to use hakone to become the next soul king hakone immediately is like all right it's fucking go time let's fuck these bitches up unleashes Iko Iko mikadomoe who is now they refer to him as the size of a house and Howell comments on how his spiritual pressure is now that of a vasto lord and he would even rank highly among the espada and Tokunata reminds Hakone that these are his subjects. And he's like, listen, you have to revere them. You have to love them. You have to support them. But they're my enemies, so can you kill them? He's and like, he's like, kill them in an instant. He's like, yeah, no no biggie. And he's like, no con- conflict, no nothing. And he's like, I'll fuck them up for you. So Hakone hops on top of Iko Mikadome. I'm going to mispronounce it 20 times. <laughs> it's so much in this chapter, too. Yeah, I know. And he summons a bow made of reishi and fires an arrow made of sero. That's fucking like, crazy. Damn, that's fucking hard. That's really cool. I could just imagine the noise too, the the Quincy bow, yeah. like the drawback, and then the Cero release. Fucking sick. And Grimjo, Halbo, and Nell, they all see this happening, and they're like, well, here we fucking go. Go straight into Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Straight, no fucking round. And Kimpachi, the Aronkars, the Quincy's, they all hop in. They're like, let's fuck this bitch up. They're all kind of more mostly going after Iko Mikadomoe, but, you know, they're doing some Transformer bullshit where they're all both on top of each other. So Iko Mikadomoe then unleashes basically a widespread Sero explosion, which just damages the whole fucking area. I that. wrote it down as a Vegeta's final flash. Yeah, I was like, Damn. totally. Except he's not sacrificing himself. He's yeah. just full on just exploding. And the Aronkars get saved by Halibut's water wall. The Quincy's just up their blue vein like to maximum just to escape the damage. Kenpachi just full on fucking cuts the blast. Kiraku hides in Tokonata's shadow. And when he comes out, he's very surprised to see that Tokonata is just totally fine. Just standing there unscathed. Nothing's wrong. Kiraku's like, what the fuck? Tokonata then boasts about, you know, like, hey. He's doing his classic Tokunata thing. He's like, I'm going to piss off Kiraku. That's going to be my game plan here. I'm going to piss the fuck out of Kiraku. He brings up Nanao's mom. I know. What a fucking dick. And Kiraku is now, I don't think we've ever seen this technique before, but he's playing a new game called Pinky Promise. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. It is now both parties are forced to tell the truth. And if they don't tell the truth, they're subjected to horrible, horrible, horrible pain. And Kiraku is trying to basically do an Uno reverse card on this subject. He's like, I'm playing the Pinky Promise game, and he's trying to get him to admit that he, in fact, had nothing to do with Nanao's mom because he keeps bringing it up. He brought it up before. He's bringing it up again. And Tokunata is playing the game, telling the truth, but he's continuing to toy with Nanao basically over, like, the family Zanpakuto and how his personal original idea was to kill the mom, torture Nanao, and then even though Tokunata was 99% sure Kiraku had the sword, he still wanted to do it so that Kiraku could see it and live with the guilt that he had the sword and that happened. But, which is this fucking baller, by the way, he put that idea to the four great noble houses and it was Genrei Kuchiki yeah. that stopped that from going forward. I have that in my notes. I'm like, mm-hmm. shout out to the boy Genrei. Yeah. Fucking amazing. And he's still alive. Is he? I think so. I think Kiraku says, well, I should go and say thanks for him. I thought that. that maybe meant that was like a, a oh, postpartum, like a nod to a, a like, postpartum oh, okay. thank you. I just assumed like they're like, ah. Like a thanks at his grave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That makes more sense. I'm like, goddamn, he would have been ancient. Yeah, yeah. A little bit out of order, but I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read it because I wrote this down, and this is fuck that bitch Tokinata number fourteen. I wasn't involved in the now Issei's mother's execution, but I did make the suggestion there was a possibility her daughter carried the divine sword and that we should torture her. <laughs> yep. Fucking crazy. A dick. I hate him so much. Mm-hmm. Under the guise of Pinky Promise still, Kiraku's like, hey, what's the name of Juzan Pakto? And he's like, the one that you've been using and have been stating his name? Very similar to my own. Mm-hmm. Like, super, almost too fucking similar. And Kiraku's like, listen... I'm sure you're going to wait till the battle fucking goes on. Then you're going to reveal the actual name so everybody can be, oh, so despair. And you're Zanpakuto's true power. And Tokunata is like, you got it. Like, I should (laughs) have known you were going to give me. He's like, and he's upset that basically Kiraku spoiled it. He's like, come on, dude. Like, what the fuck? We're supposed to have fun with this. Yeah. And this is where we learned that the real name is Inra Kyoten. And it's a, obviously a unique Zanpakuto that is passed down to the Sunyashiro family. And Tokunana begins to say his Zanpakuto's release command, sip the world and wear the horizon. And this is when Kiraku's like, no, we're not going to let that happen. And goes full speed. He puts, says he puts all of his power into speed at this point, just full on trying to attempt him to stop him from releasing his Zanpakuto. But Tokunata steps right into Kiraku's blade. Like he thinks like maybe he's going to dodge it. Maybe he's going to do something else. Anything to interrupt him. He goes right into the blade, letting himself be stabbed. Finishes the command, duplicate and curtail all of creation equally, Inra Kyoten. And that's when we see a silver blade appear and then blinds Kiraku using light. And Kiraku is like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, it's that important of his Zanpakuto that he let himself get stabbed. And it's like, it says he missed any vital organs, but still he's fucking stabbed. Like, yeah, he's, he's got a fucking wound, yeah. blood gushing and out. And Kiraku, like, he's like, fuck, I got to recover. He's like thinking, like, I got to get on this quick. So he recovers from being blind. And at this point, by the time he opens his eyes, Tokunata is totally recovered from the stab that he just got. And there is no blade coming out of Zonpa, uh, Tokunata's Zonpakuto. And he's like, what is happening It's just here? a hilt, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, what the fuck? And that's when we'll cut away from that scene to go somewhere else. So, I mean, pretty fucking cool There so was far. a lot to unpack in all of yeah. that. Yeah. Cool shit. Um, I think that was the part where we get the drawing of the three uh, Halibald Nell and uh, Grim Joe as well. Yeah. Which was fucking cool. So there, the, the little there, I, I kind of this doesn't suck. I appreciate it, but there are sketches, right? That would be, I guess, the more accurate oh, description. Well, we get the Shinji one too. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we might put yeah. it in post or something. Yeah, they're they're sick. So the sketches that are in the books are really cool, and there's multiple. You they're done just, by Kubo, I think. Yeah, yeah, they are. You could just Google Google the sketches, and there's like albums on albums of albums of these sketches. Yeah, the coolest fucking one by far is the Grim Joe, the Nell, and the Howl. Of course. Grim Joe in this looks cool. I know. I haven't seen the back half of the book unless there's one that's going to blow me the fuck away. But on the first half, that is the best fucking drawing. Yeah, I, I love that one. Just the way he's standing to how it's cool. Ready now. It's cool. Oh, I, I did make a quick note. Uh, Kenpachi acknowledges Grim Joe at one point. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, yeah. that blue-haired 80s rocker-looking kind of guy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens, and we cut back and forth between these two fights a lot coming forward. So we will bounce back to, like, the giant fight against Ikumukidomoe. We'll go back to the fight against Akone. We'll go back to a fight against Tokunata. It's, um, they, there's multiple fights happening here all the time. But so far, it, hey, it's super, been so super good. cool. And the back and forth between Tokunata and Shinsui have been my favorite. Like, just by far my favorite. All right. So I have found the quote. Uh, so this this is uh he's talk he, Tokinata's talking about Hakone and this is gonna be fuck that bitch Tokinata twelve. Okay. 
Okay, here's a direct quote. No reason. Do you need anything of the sort? Something, something, toys and nourishment are equal. No, to me, toys and nourishment are equal. A life lived simply eating for survival is nothing better than forever dying, is it not? In that case, if they will die either way, then isn't it the healthy and correct way to live toying with them as much as possible for, before killing them? I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> I love that. I hate him. I just hate him. Every, He's... I will say this about Tokinata. Every time he does something that's kind of neat and my brain starts to go, you know what? He's kind of a cool character. He always does something to piss me off. It's his mouth <laughs> that, that gets yeah. you. He won't shut the fuck up. So, so yeah, like uh, just all I'm hearing from this Pisces, if you were in a fight with Tokunata, you would lose. He would yeah, he would get you riled up and you would lose. Yeah, no, okay. So I wouldn't lose because I'd have you next to me. I'd Sam, just do the bonk. Just do it. And, <laughs> He's and, like, just mustard gas. Yeah. Mustard, just do it. Just do it, mustard gas right now. Now, how long would that linger? Like, could Pythes hold his breath? No, well, like, that's good, that, well, that's like a good question, right? Like, let's say Tokunata was having this fight, right? But boom, Mayuri was there, mm-hmm. you know, and he just shoots poison all over the fucking field. Like, is it just, it's still just over, you know? I will say I'm dying to Sam's mustard gas because it doesn't distinguish, <laughs> but I die happy knowing Tokunata dies first. You'll do like the fucking Terminator thumbs up and a middle finger coming out of the gas. <laughs> like, no, it's like, yeah. So as Tokunata's choking, Pythes crawls over to it and then just finally puts the final like choke in him and he's like, That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I no, we're both staggering and dying from the gas. I hit him with a stone cold stunner and then I lean <laughs> over, I lean Give him over the, go, the fingers. No, I go, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the That's perfect end. All right, yeah. continuing with the chapter, we now cut over to Yukio's cyberspace area, and Aura and Yukio are like, yeah, man, this shit's crazy, huh? Like, all this stuff that's happening out over here. And Yukio knows, like, Aura, do you have, like, parts of yourself split all over the Kugoku? She's like, yeah, I'm keeping tabs on what's going on. You know, it's like, I just want to make sure we're good to go. And she gives, basically, a quick little rundown that Hakone and Ikumokodome are using their true powers, and Tokunata has officially revealed his Zanpakuto's true name. And Yukio's like, damn okay all right that's good and she says that like yukio comments that her abilities are so good it's almost like a cheating like level of spiritual pressure perception and they both are talking and they're like listen we're gonna wait it out for the right moment because if we hop in too early we could both be killed in the confusion it's gonna be a whole shit show and yukio's like hey what about kisuke but just as he asked that question aura senses that their guest in the throne room is awakened and so that gets cut off real quick i was so mad i was like Mm -hmm. i just want to know where the boy's at yeah then we go back to the palace courtyard where we're back with the boy, Grimjo, Hakone, Ikemokodome. And Grimjo is like full on kind of figuring out what's going on with Hakone. He's like, listen, he's a significant increase in spiritual pressure and states the similarity of Ichigo Kurosaki in terms of his rapid power growth that he's been ex- like experiencing. And Hakone is like, honestly, thanks you guys for fighting Ikemokodome. He's like, you guys helped Ikemokodome go strong. He's like, yeah. great. And so Ikemokodome is now in a total monstrous form and he expresses disdain for basically grim joe the other wrong cars and he's like listen you guys are not nearly as superior as me and bargon like come on you guys fucking suck and ikimokodome states that he is waiting to overtake hakone that's his game plan he's like i'm not on board for this bullshit that they're playing i'm gonna overtake hikone take him over i'm gonna make a better weko mundo and then hikone is like no i'm gonna be the king like come on like, like, it's not king. gonna happen and halibut is like well, you guys just fucked up and thinks back to when she was even back in the day when she was ruling Wekomudo in this little interim time. 
she never once personally referred to herself as the king. And she says that if she had said that, she knew that it would instantly lock her in a battle to the death with Grim Joe. Yeah, I love uh-huh. that. And this is where Grim Joe begins to walk towards Ikamikodome Hakone, and he starts having like these memories of his old comrades that he used mm-hmm. to have, where to, to the point where they let themselves be eaten to serve Grim Joe. They're like, "Listen, we're not going to make it. Like, eat us. Like, we'll live with inside of you." And they want to serve Grim Joe as Grim Joe is the king. That's and Grim right, Joe baby. Thinks that he had this been a previous version of himself, like under Eisen, and when he's fighting Ichigo. He probably would have just ignored both Hikone and Ikimikodome, but not now. He says he jumps forward to begin to attack them, and he says, I am the king, and that's the end of the That's right. That, mm-hmm. that was my favorite part. Which cringe, cringe. No, it's the best. Two thumbs down for It's Grim the Joe. best. Cringe. It's the absolute best. He's he the king. 30? He's the king. He's the that king. That shit was so cool. Thank <laughs> you, Pythias. Two, one. Cringe, Let's cringe, go. cringe. We hate I that. Was- I was fucking playing Avenged Sevenfold when I read that chapter. <laughs> ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Grinjo's cool. I like Grinjo. Um, I like Howlable. Howlable in this yeah. has been so pleasant. Yeah. We didn't get enough of her during the anime. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like during Thousand Year Blood War even, she got sidelined so quick. Yeah. I mean, Nell has been fantastic with just her oh, little yeah. clips. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that picture you shared. That's hey, literally their relationship. We get, I think it must be this next chapter because we're going on to chapter 21 unless I left it out. No, it'll be chapter 21. Mm-hmm. 21 and 22 are long fucking chapters. Yeah, they really, are. really long chapters. Um, we get some fucking combo attacks in chapter 21. Oh, they're so fucking which badass. Which are fucking cool. And I've been waiting for it. It's about goddamn time. It's, it's incredible. You know, we'll get there, but I was like, Man, they fucking do Jitsu Kaisen the shit out of some <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is about fucking time. Like, come on. Like, let's get this shit rolling. So we, so there is some lore that we need to go over in this chapter. Sure. Uh, so, so when they're, when they're, they're talking about how super fucked Tokinata is, Ikaku wonders if, if like, Byakuya and Omida are more like themselves than the Suniashiro family of the nobles. And I yeah. think this is a, this is a hint. That Omida is someone that is beloved by Ichibe and an important part of the future Soul King Chad. <laughs> yeah. This is setting Let's that up. Let's go. That, that, this is canon. You can't you can't deny mm-hmm. it. Uh, and there's just one thing we forgot. Uh, when when Tokinata is going on his dumb shit, Giselle just says, "So this guy's like a crazy narcissist. That that dude for real does not have any friends." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember her saying that. The interaction yeah. between the zombie squad and the Iran cars and all that stuff, it's so good. And now to catch up, so it's not going to be numerical order, but fuck that bitch, Tokinata 13. was Okay. He committed the cardinal sin if he just fucking ignored Charlotte while Charlotte was posing and being the best character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking Charlotte. So we're called, are you ready to get to the beefy chapter? Yeah, here Let's we go. go. So chapter beef, 21, beef. chapter 22, these two chapters are like, all of the fucking beef like this is crazy long chapters so buckle up here we go we kick off with hisagi who finds himself in a uh spiritual world interwoven with his uh surprise zanpakuto you know and uh in kazushini we love kazushini he was one of the best parts of zanpakuto rebellion arc mm-hmm. he had one of the best filler episodes at the end all right we love kazushini and 
In this world, it says it resembles a vast forest with a massive tree and a rust-covered windmill. And a gust of black wind kind of rushes towards Asagi and takes on a shadowy human form, demanding he offer. Asagi's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give in to you. I'm not going to offer you blood, life, whatever you want. And Kajasina's like, all right, well, fuck you. And he disappears. But as he is disappearing, he says, quickly offer me blood and, li- and life that fill my soul. And that's when Asagi regains consciousness back in the throne room and begins to think of, uh, don't know how I'm going to get out of here. There's no doors. There's nothing to get out of here. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to break through it's the wall. It's an escape room. And Hisagi's like, listen, even when they battle hollows, we're not technically killing them. We're, we're cleansing them. Mm-hmm. So he refuses to give in to Kazushini. And that's when Aura appears and she's like, what's up, my bro? Like, how's it going? Like, long time no see. And she's like, hey, yeah, listen, this room is specifically designed to protect Hikone and Tokunata. So it is quite literally impenetrable. And Aura's like, listen, what would you do if Ikone's ascension could strengthen the world? Like, what if it was a net positive? Asagi's like, listen, I would still be concerned about Hikone. Um, he doesn't know enough to be the ruler of the world. He doesn't know enough to be the soul king. And that he's basically being manipulated by Tokunata. He wants to show Hikone that there's more to the world than just listening to fucking Tokunata. Uh, also worth noting during this part, this I'm doing very paraphrases, long chapter. Hasagi does mention that he doesn't really believe the story of the hand of the soul king that was released by Yukutake just being the fix. Like mm-hmm. he does not believe that that was the band aid. He's like, no, surely there's something else still there. Hasagi at this point talking to Aura is like, you know what? Fuck it. If you're here to fight, like let's fucking do it. If I win, I want you to release Urahara. And then Aura comes close and whispers something to his ear that we do not get to know. It makes me so mad. It reminds me yes. of like Naruto and all that yes. other stuff. It's all like blank underlines. We, we have no fucking idea what was said. And then Aura disappears. And we see all of a sudden a door appear that hadn't existed prior. And now Hasagi, of course, like, all right, I guess I'm going to that fucking door. We'll just see what happens. And we cut back to the palace courtyard at this point. But during that, when Hisagi's in his world, doesn't he mention... Oh yeah, Kazushini, he took the form like from the filler arc. Didn't yeah, I think he does explain. Mm-hmm. He's he's like, didn't we come to an understanding? Well, you came to an understanding with that version of me, but not the weird cloud version of me. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, because he stands right behind him and then mm-hmm. takes that form. Yeah. So it's, it's like weird where that arc is canon, but also it's not canon. But it's like that arc is impossible to be canon, right? Because then that arc start off with in another world or something like that, or in another yeah. time, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it it uh, it's it's just like the existence of the Valley of Screams. It happened, kind of, but not really. Yeah, he's piecemealing it together, and when he wants it to work, the author just really likes that shit. Which is fair because that was a good arc. Yeah, I like that one the best. The storyline for it was <laughs> the storyline for it was good until they finished that storyline and then they did the few episodes after that. Those were fucking. Where they just trash. stuck around and hung that out. Was dog shit, except for the Kazushini episode. And I liked the episode where they bullied Amida. That shit was funny. <laughs> I could no wait. Good. No, it, it was the opposite. It was Omida uh, got to bully Soyphone because you you always thought it was funny. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, I could have done without that whole arc, honestly. I feel like they were they were dra- grasping at straws. Like, listen, we did the Ray Guy arc. What if there was dupes of everybody? Now, what if the Zombuk Doors came to life? Like, what if there was... Now they're fighting yeah, themselves. They're fighting their Zombuk Toes, which is basically themselves. Like, okay, cool, I guess. It was the opposite, but, you know. Ray Guy <laughs> had, the had, had the best Getsuga Tensho in the series. I'm still... I will not bug on that. I would probably that. agree with that. We got Kiraku's uh, animation was Bankai. crazy in the Reggae arc at the very end. That was insane. Why was the animation so good in a shitty filler arc? What the fuck? <laughs> they literally said, just put all our money into this. Yeah. We got this. Because no one's going to care about the Fullbring arc. 
Mm-hmm. True. Uh, back to the palace courtyard now, where we get to see Ikuma Kodome. He's now still in his crazy monstrous form. He's fighting the Arankars, and Lil Toto and the Quincy are trying to fight Hakone, who is on top of Ikumikodomwe. And Hakone is like full on rapid firing Sarrow arrows at the Quincy's. And each of them have to basically dodge like their life depends on it because it is hollow power. And yeah. it's going to fuck them up if they get hit. Each of the Quincy's attempt to attack Hakone. Um, full on Hakone is just like deflects it, dodges, does whatever he wants to do. Does a uh, combination of hero and blue vein to basically just tank it all. He's not what no biggie. Beast. Um, even Minnie, who is the power fucking Stern Ritter, attempts to hit him, and she is the one that ends up with broken fingers. From I, I just picture them all, like, twisted yeah. in different directions. Fucking nasty. And so Lil Toto begins to notice as this fight is going on that Hakone is basically hurting all of the Quincy's into one location. And she's like, well, that's not fucking good. And she can sense that he's getting ready to unleash a powerful Sarah. He's been, like, holding it in his right hand. And it's beginning to warp the area around him that is so powerful. Damn. And that's when all of a sudden they get an overwhelming spiritual pressure and a man that could be considered death itself appears Kenpachi's Rocky. Kenpachi of course confronts Akone and it says he is actually able to easily just cut right into Akone mm-hmm. even with the blue vein even with the hero right into his shoulder and Hikone of course rapidly regenerates because he has all the powers. He has literally all of them and heals the wound. Kenpachi is also like are you related to Ichiko? Like, that's very- I love how he makes that connection. Yeah he's like that's very similar and Hikone is like Happy, he's like, oh, thank you for like comparing me to Ichiko. Like, like, this is he's great. the hero. I yeah. like him, and he acknowledges that Kenpachi is an actual formidable opponent. Hakone attempts to immediately dodge and go straight to Yumichika and Ikaku to stab them, and Kenpachi is just quick enough to make him not hit them both. And Kenpachi's like, yo, you guys are in the way. Like, fucking move. Get out like, of my way, guys. Yeah. Come on. And Hakone is like, okay, I see now. I gotta kill Kenpachi first. Like, I get it. I get the mission. And it says, despite Hakone's speed, which by the way, as Hikone is moving anywhere, he is mixing all of the movement techniques from all the races. That shit was incredible. Mm-hmm. So like, he's just like what? swapping back and forth. It's like Sunito, Flash Step, whatever, whatever the other one is. Um, even the Fullbringer one. It says he's using all of them. He's just yeah. like full on eating his I can't yacht. pronounce the Quincy one. Yes. And it says even though, obviously, because which is something that I guess I didn't really think about. He has no Zanpakuto because Ikemokodome like becomes one, like it, like it becomes yeah. a monster. So he has no Zanpakuto when he's fighting. But it says even though he has no Zanpakuto, the slashes of his arms are releasing enough energy to rival that of a Zanpakuto. And Kenpachi's able to withstand the like the kid, you know, Hakone's slashes, kicks, and he's mis- he's sustaining minor cuts from it. But he's eventually Hakone, of course, in classic enemy fashion. He's like, oh, okay, I finally got used to how tough you are, and then cuts deeply into Kenpachi, causing him to bleed. And that's when we get the classic scene where Kipachi's eye patch falls off. Yeah. And his suppressed spiritual pressure just completely erupts. Trans- and it says it transforms him into a pure embodiment of violence. And Kipachi's like, I knew you'd be fun. That was a good pick. It was he a good woke pick. up and chose violence that yeah, day. So good. And then we got the sickest art to show that shit. There yeah, is some dank ass art. Yeah. This yeah. The volume so far has had the best start by far. There's, there's one thing I want to go over. That made, that made me laugh my ass off. It's a uh, Kimpachi. He's like thinking about the Bambis for a second, and it mentions he's not upset that they attacked him after his fight with Grimmy. He's upset with himself after not being able to stand up after the attack. Yep. That's good. That's very constructive. You know, he's not upset at the person, he's upset at himself. He really took it inward. Yeah, yeah. That's he's really hard Kim- on himself, you know? Such a Kimpachi thing. He's like, damn, <laughs> I. 
I wish I could have tanked that sneak attack better. <laughs> he just got yeah. electrocuted. Yep. He got hit with fucking Galvano electric fucking whatever and just like, damn, I could have done that better. Oh, well. We love Kimpachi. And then we cut completely out of the blue to somewhere else. We go up to the Ryokyu Odin. I believe that's how we get to see our boy Ichibe. Ichibe is yeah. hanging out up there having a good old time. He is referred to as the Monaco Osho. I'm just, I've tried my best whenever he is referred to. I just put Ichibe. Just say, so say we, my brain had to go instead of, that. what was it, Osho? I kept rewriting yeah. it in my head as yeah. Ichibe. And Same. he has come to visit Oetsu. And he's like, what's up, my boy? And they're basically I talking about Oetsu. the current situation in the Kyogoku where the ancient hollow Ikumikodome is battling. And Ichibe is like, yeah, we're not going to be helping there because our job is just to simply make sure the world's maintained they just like they want to keep the status quo and he's like but if we did help just for the record we would help kiraku because fuck the sunishia family <laughs> but just like we don't really like them either we're supposed to be impartial but just for the record osu we would help kiraku we hate that guy mm-hmm. fuck that bitch tokenata so even yeah. ichibe is like fuck him so Ichime kind of thinks about the world because obviously that's what a lot of what is being talked here in the novel about the status quo and even with Yuhabaha Island. It's been, the, it's been the fucking debate for every villain is the status quo of the world and about how the whole world is basically being anchored by the linchpin. Uh, you know, the linchpin atop the heavens. We've heard it referred to mm-hmm. as before. And he says, quote, this is a very quote right at the end here. Whether they have free will or not is one matter, but as long as we have someone who stands atop the heavens to act as a linchpin and continues to center the world as it is now, all is well, all quiet in the world, it might be said. And then he stops and then turns to look towards the Soul King, and this is where we get the first little uh, nod, nod, hint, hint. Don't you think so, Yuhabaha? And then we go back to, to Ikumikodome. So interesting interesting we'll get more information on that in chapter 22 there will be a whole oh, fucking there's so much juice on dump on all things soul king in chapter 22 so i wrote this down because the text of the book starts to get fucking snarky ichibe he's when he's exchanging pleasantries with with a wetsu the book just says after that absolutely meaningless exchange and i started cracking up <laughs> They still like to do their pleasantries, okay? The book is saying what they, what they said was fucking pointless. I think even Oetsu at one point goes, why are you out here? You never come this yeah. far. And then Oet, or fucking Ichibe is like, well, why aren't you with your sword, bitches? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, okay, where are your right. sword maidens? Fuck, everybody's so goddamn defensive out there in Squad <laughs> Zero. When we get back to Charlotte Coolhorn, I, I wrote down another thing <laughs> of, the, of the text, not characters, the text of the book being snarky. All right. Well, let's kick it on then. We go back to Ikumikodome. Now we're talking about his history and what he is, how he came to be. And it says in ancient times, so this is like way back in the day, before the Soul Society took its current form and the Soul Reapers wielded their defining weapons, a single Menos Grande, a single one, a powerful Ajukas. Is that how I think that's pronounced correctly? Ajukas, right? Ajukas. A powerful Adhuchas roamed Wekomundo, and it says this beast, unlike all of the others, chose not to evolve into a humanoid Vassalorde, instead retaining its monstrous form and growing infinitely by devouring countless spirits. Like Pikachu. He became known as the Willful Calamity, and it basically became so powerful, it rivaled Bargon, and they became uh, in this, they one point had a spat, and this spat ended in a draw, and so they became 
this balance between the two of them where they just had a silent agreement not to fuck with each other. They're like, we're just, if you're doing something, I'm over there. If I'm doing something, you're over there. Like, don't fuck around. And at this point, uh, before I go even farther into his history, they mentioned that unlike a certain other Arankar, no matter how many other Soul Reapers or Hollows Ikimikodome uh, basically devoured, he did not gain any new abilities or appearances. Instead, all it kept doing was pumping up his spiritual pressure. Yep. I wonder who they're talking about. Yeah, someone in a fucking jar, loser ass. <laughs> and it says, eventually, Ikimikodome became so powerful, wanted to devour so much, he attempted to ascend to the skies to consume the Soul King. But he was defeated by the efforts, of course, the Soul Reapers. And it says, due to the conflict with Yamamoto, he was defeated with Ichibe Inoetsu, which that's a crazy stacked crew to Holy take your ass shit. down. Can you imagine Prime Yamamoto? Yeah, well, and... I mean, Ichibe Inoetsu coming out, coming out to greet you. Like, hey, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. They mentioned this is before Zanpakuto, as we know them, were around. So this is, I'm presuming Yama using either a proto Ryujin Jocker or just throwing hands. Dude, I just hope it's him throwing hands. Is would this be so far well, back that he would have no, all his hair? I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. The start of him transforming and eating was before that because Ichibe obviously has his on Pacto mm-hmm. and then spoiler. Well, let me read this next part and spoiler alert. Why, why that uh, they exist. Um, they end up basically defeating poor Ikimikodomoe. And this was before he even had, well, his, we don't even know what his true name was. I think they say what his true name was and it gets renamed. It's, yeah. It's like, it's like fucking gibberish. And so Ichibe after defeating them, he uses his Zanpakuto to rename the hollow into Ikimikodome. He gives it its name, classic Ichibe, of course. And just by giving it this name, it transforms transforms its very nature. And it says, due to the unique qualities and his intense spiritual pressure of this hollow, it quite literally cannot be destroyed or entirely purified. Like they had, they did not know what the fuck to do with this thing. So Oetsu transformed it into the Zanpakuto and sealed it away, waiting for a Soul Reaper strong enough to wield it properly. And after a millennium, Ikumikodome, of course, was broken out and fell into the hands of, as we know it, Hikone. So there had to be Zanpakuto. Yeah. There, yeah. There, so there probably was. I think he mentions that there was a uh, – he had not perfected the – Yeah. What was it? The, the, go ahead. The, the way to turn him into like an Asauchi. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I think he said it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm thinking it was protozon Pacto, just like not quite there. Well, because he even said that even when he sealed him away to a Zanpakuto, he still had not figured out how to like control him entirely. Yeah. So that's why he was just sealed away. He's like, I've just not had enough like time to go down there and figure this shit out because it's just so fucked up. Just throw him away in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that was Oetsu's solution. Yep. I'm going to get to this eventually, but in the meantime, fuck off. Like, yep. I'll come back to you later. <laughs> also... The idea I, I did not know you could just choose to not be a Vasto Lorde. I thought that it's like Pokemon. You're just gonna evolve when you hit the next level. But apparently he can no, hit me. No, That's why I say yeah, he's like Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, and look, and he, what did he, Pikachu do? He won the championship for Ash. <laughs> <laughs> so Hikone is Ash confirmed. Yep. Let's go. Bulbasaur said, "Nah, I'm just gonna be Bulbasaur forever." <laughs> yeah, not Charmander. Yeah, Charmander is the only good one. True. That's true. That's true. true. Uh, you know what? Shout out to the Squirtle Squad. <laughs> it's the glasses that gets you, huh? It was the glasses, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I, I don't under. I guess just because he loved eating things, but 
for like every 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 what do they call minos they all need to become vaster lorde that's the goal that's the dream everyone wants to be i think he said that when the time came to become vassal lorde he normally when you become vassal lorde you take on a more humanoid form mm-hmm. and he didn't want that he wanted to maintain quite literally his monstrosity yeah like he, he was did, gigantic he did not want to change to be a humanoid form because fuck that he just wanted to be a monster so he's racist then exactly (laughs) he was like fuck them humans so much that i do not even want to look like them i want to stay a monster i want to stay giant and eat everything Mm. else ikomike domoe would use the hard r (laughs) damn (laughs) yeah quite literally back to the kyogoku palace off of that train there (laughs) um we have grimjo halibol nell members of the corpse unit uh all fighting ikomikodome they're all fucked up. They all have injuries. They're still fighting, and they are concerned with this fight because they say that Ikimikodome possesses all of the strengths of each category of hollow. Like, whatever the strength of, let's just say, a hollow would be. The strength of a Gillian. The strength of the Arukas. Arukas? I can't even Arukas. say I'm white. Ajukas, okay? And Vastolordes. He has all of the strong points of every single one of those now. And this is when we get our fucking finally goddamn combo attack. We have 18 million characters on the scene here, and we get a fucking combo attack finally. Dordoni, of all people, is the one to kick it off and creates his classic tornado with the Zanpakuto or, uh, you know, with his Resurrection form, kicks it off with the Geralda. And then Halibol is immediately like, all right, let's fucking do it. Mixes her water into it to create this turbulent basically hurricane whirlwind water bullshit and it says it creates a destructive water spout Saruchi uses her razors to basically create a smoke screen with inside of this as well and it is stated at this point which by the way special asterisk that Xylopar replaced the parts that she threw away in the fighting in studio okay so he went in and fixed her basically and replaced the parts and she's like fuck that bitch I can't believe he did that of all people na 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 Najakoop fucking appears and he's like I bet you forgot about me didn't you I was like yeah I we did. fucking did like forgot you were even there and he finally paralyzes him for just a split second and it says that normally it was paralyzed for so little time like you wouldn't have time to react but because everybody is such like honed warriors Nell was the one who was like this is my time and throws her lance straight into his fucking eyeball Make dude that backwards. was so hardcore yes. I was like, and this is when Charlotte comes in uses uh, the Reina de Rosas, Rosa Blanca, and restrains Ikemikadome because he like falls backwards yeah. and restrains him. And Ikemikadome, seeing this, he's like, I cannot believe I'm losing to you guys. Like, this is bullshit. And tries to escape to the sky to get away from everybody. And that's when Minnie is up there waiting for him and smacks his ass back down Broken to the ass handed yeah. everything, slaps him yeah. back down to the floor. And she that's when all Superman punch. Yeah. yeah. And that's when all the other Quincy's now join the fight and just begin fucking jumping his ass. Yeah. Uh, we. We get Candice, and then we get the bombs exploding. Yeah. We also get a little bit of uh, dialogue from Bambi, what little she has left. Yeah, about, like, it's like a celebration, like, with fireworks. Yeah. Like, this is so great. <laughs> like, okay. Poor Bambi. She, yeah, and then, of course, Grimjo and Loopy are just straight business. They're just shooting Grand Race arrows off at fucking everything. Same thing And this every is when we time. cut to Hakone, who is, like, sensing all this happen, fighting Kenpachi, and he's like, hey, excuse me really quick. I got to go down and just check with, you know, Ikemikodome. My friend's and, hurt. I got to go make sure he's on. Yeah, and Kimpachi's like, wait, what? And he's like, I- I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I promise. Like, just give me a second. And I think at that point, 
he does tell Kapachi that he's going to go down there and it's actually going to be something closer to Resurrection that he's going to perform. Because Kapachi's like, what are you going to do, Bankai? And he's like, no, I think it's closer to Resurrection. So Kapachi, in his mind, was like, normally I wouldn't let you go because I would get yelled at, but nobody's, nobody's looking, here to yell so at me. fuck it. Go for it. Like, he does a Goku. <laughs> like, go power up the full, man. No, man. That, that was Vegeta letting Cell absorb. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so Grimjo is like about to finish his ass off. Like Ikumi Kodomo is defeated. Like he is fucking donezo. Grimjo is going to deliver a final blow with a Grand Race Arrow. And Hakone pops in like, what's up? Like, I'm here. Like, how's everybody going? And Ikumi Kodomo is on the ground, you know, cursing. Like, if only I had my actual name. If I had my actual name, I would have fucked all of you guys up. And Hakone's like, you do have your name. It's Ikumi Kodomo. You're my sword. You're my Zombak yep. Like, isn't it great? And then he says, Ikumi Kodomo, eight views of the fall of the Phoenix. And Ikumi Kodomo is like, Please no, don't Not take that, that name. Yeah. And he absorbs the hollow into himself. And this is when we see everybody reacting what's happening on. They're uh, observing what exactly the fuck just went on. And they say that it's not as if he's basically like putting the power of his sword around him to power him up. He quite literally took all of the power Ikimikadome that he'd been storing up and now mixed it into Hakone. Like they are one. They mix it into each other. And the transformation is so wild that everyone present immediately feels the like intimidation coming off of him because it rose up so fucking high. Now everybody's like, Oh shit. Like Hakone is like fucking powerful. And so Hakone sees everybody hesitating for a second and he immediately goes back into the sky and he's like, I'm ready to fuck up Kimpachi. Yeah. Yep. And he says, I'm going to defeat Kimpachi's Rocky, the strongest soul reaper and oh, goes back up. What there. a badass! Mm -hmm. back to when he said, I'm going to go combine with him. I just pictured what Shinji pictured. He's like, oh, my God, it's like a mecha. They're going to yeah, transform. Yeah. He's like, I was right. He's like, <laughs> I knew. You just, you just see Shinji come out of order. I was right, guys. Yeah. Fucking knew it. I knew it. So I always talk about I can't wait for the three-piece combo in the Blood War. This is a 13-piece dinner special. The <laughs> yeah. They came Let's up. Let's get that full-course meal. They ganked the shit out of him, man. It was so And, like, cool. it's about fucking time, honestly. It is about time that somebody does it. Like, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, but League of Legends, when they gank the yeah, fuck out of somebody. It's I, like, I it's just one those. guy running and they all, five of them jump from the fucking forest. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. It's, it's so fucking stupid. I, like, this is the thing they all should have been doing in the fight in the Rukan guy, where they were all just kind of, I'll yeah. shoot one at him for now. No, now I'll do it. They were all, no, just get him, just get him, just gank him. And here's another example of the fucking book text being snarky. Uh, Charlotte Coolhorn says some cool shit, and then the book says, Coolhorn followed this needlessly long preface by unleashing. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you talk about the best character that way? I also like the conversation between Dordoni and Nell. Yeah, where he puts it two and two together, and he's like, "You're the kid." Because Nell is like, I think Nell says, "I still need to repay you for what you did." Yeah, and he's like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he finally is like, "Oh, you're the kid." Like, oh, like, fuck. oh shit. Yeah. Also, apparently, uh, she's the person that replaced him as number yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know he that. He said that in the book. Yeah. He when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He said that. Oh, that's right. He, he was upset. he was upset at her originally that she replaced him, and then he was, and then she was like, "Well, I have to repay you for what you did." And he's like, "The fuck did I do? You replaced me." <laughs> and that's where that conversation came from. Yeah, and he makes a reference to a cake or a pastry, and she just goes, "I don't get it." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I just remember that scene where uh, she's like throwing up on him to heal his wounds. Yeah, she. I mean, they're good. They're fine. They're all good. <laughs> they're they're homies. I never thought Nell would be a great straight man. In this comedy yeah. act, it fucking works yeah, perfectly. It was fucking fantastic. I love you, Don Panini. Never leave. <laughs> Don Panini's the best. Uh, so we go back now, and you know we're enjoying, we're loving that scene. It's ten out of ten. Uh, what more would we want to see? But Hasagi, you know, why, why would we not want to go back up there? And he is sensing like everybody's spiritual pressure, and it's like, what the fuck is happening here? Like I'm so fucking confused. And we go back now to Tokunata. And we've got a full on, you know, you're wondering where everybody else is. Where's all the rest of the gang? Here they are. We're Tokunata. It is Kiraku Nanao. Yoruichi has appeared. Uh, Kensei, who is referred to as Mugurama, which really confuses it me. It confuses me all the time. And basically all other Soul Reavers that have not been mentioned so far, uh, Ikaku and Yumichika are over there as well. And they are all fighting Tokunata at this point. And wouldn't you know it if you've somehow not played Bleach Brave Souls in the past 20 million years, if you've somehow dodged all the spoilers... Tokunata Zanpakuto has the power to copy other Zanpaktos. He has the power of all the Zanpaktos. The classic guy you hate to play with. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you don't notice what well, actually what he hits Yoroichi's boot. Yes. Yeah, so this is where so oh. we, he starts the rapid fire fucking Zanpaktos here, which is really cool. So Tokunata hits Yoroichi's boot, as Jose said, and all of a sudden she feels very heavy. Like, like that's hmm. that's strange. That's that's weird. Wabiski's power. Of course, and then he heals himself using Hanatoro's power. Hanatros, yeah. And he says, so they Kiraku's the one that points out, like that's weird because you know Hanatoro's power should not be able to heal that big of a wound, mm-hmm. you know. And this is where we start to find out that the powers of the Zanpakuto they scale to a spiritual pressure. So a weak guy like Hanatoro, you know, sure he we've seen what he could do, we've seen it. But in the hands of someone like Tokunata, it's pretty fucking good. And then we see Sinbon Zakura get used as he's shooting off fucking storm, like blade storms all over the place. And then he uses, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Suchi Ninamazu, where he creates these uh, earth pillars that come out of the ground. Fucking Zanosuke. He's using Zanosuke. Zanosuke is Afro dude, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so he uses that to manipulate the ground and start attacking everybody. And then, as if also, I feel like you'd be confused if you didn't know. And I, I know this from obviously Bleach Bracelets. Uh, he uses one of the old Kenpachi's Zanpakuto. The seventh Kenpachi. Yes, Kuroyoshiki. And he uses the fucking black balls of Chomping the, Death. Yeah, yes, yeah, the, the yeah. Chompy guys. And he even uses that and Rangiku's Heineko. He uses fucking everybody's. The one saving grace, so like they're like fucking dodging like their life goddamn depends on it. Everybody's having a goddamn meltdown. They're having to dodge all the Zombie toes. Everything's flying everywhere. Everybody's getting clipped on. It's all fucked up. 
the one saving grace is Tokunata goes to use Yamamoto's Makai. Oh, and I know. He uses Yamamoto's Makai. Everybody's like, oh, shit. Nanao is like, that's bad. Like, this yeah. is really fucking bad. And Kiraku is actually like, oh, this is good. And Nanao's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, the scaling with the spiritual pressure could actually be a negative for him as well because the heat from that flame is not anywhere close to the heat of Yamamoto's flames. Like, he said, Ooh. yes, it's hot because I think that Halibull had just attacked him and he evaporated the water. Halibull shows up right here. Halibull oh, shows up right, a- right after this. Yeah. Halibull sees the flames and everything popping off. She's like, that seems like a problem over there. <laughs> so, but yeah, he says that the heat compared to when him and Ukutake fought him, not anywhere Ooh. close. Not, any- not anywhere close. So it's a bonus for them, but they're still fucked <laughs> in, a bad, in a bad spot. They're really fucked up. Halibull then shows up here. And she first thing she says is like, "Oh, this is like Arinetto's ability. Yeah, like, they're perfect. This is just Good like the same thing. I, I get it." And this is when the rest of the Quincy and the Iran car show up as well. Because in case anybody's not following, Kenpachi took Akone. Nobody else is fighting. It's yep. just Kenpachi and Akone fucking off with each other. And Tokonata here does an insane fucking power play here. Insane. Tokonata baits the fuck out of everybody, and he uses a keto to create a smoke screen. And he starts to chant the name of one of Kiraku's games. And Kiraku is like, oh, fuck, he's going to use one of my games. But then he starts thinking, what would be the point of him using that game? It wouldn't make much sense. And Kiraku's like going 18 steps into Tokyo. I was going to say, he's here. doing this so yes. fast in his head. Yeah, and he is just like scared as fuck of this thing that's in his head. He's like, the worst case scenario that could happen to all of us here. What is the worst case scenario? If somebody can have access to all the Zanpakutos, what would be the best one to grab? Fucking Aizen's Zanpakuto. And Kiraku is like, I hope to God that he cannot use that one. But he's seeing him set up the smoke screen. He's seeing him use the debate. And he's like, it's coming. He's going to use it. He's going to use it right here. And he realizes just too slow. And he yells out to everybody, like, close your eyes. Like, don't open your eyes. And it's too late. Everybody hears the shatter noise. And that's when they, like, Kiraku, they say the um, Stern Raiders figure it out just by, you know, Knowing, knowing, and then the Iran car is like, obviously, you know, they saw eyes, yeah, they, they know how it goes. And he says, everybody immediately knew they fucked up, like, everybody in the whole fucking room knew they fucked up. It's just, it's like he said, dude, it's he's it's so broken, he's controlling all of these yeah. at the same time, and now he's using Kyoka Soigetsu, yeah, it's insane. And it's like, you know, they talk about over and over, there's a lot of talk during this fight happening where they're like trying to figure out. Well, what can he use? Can he use any of them? Like, can he use this? Can he do it simultaneously? What's the drawback? And there's just like, there's nothing. It's just the only drawback that they found is that it's not as strong as Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. But Based it's like, on spiritual it's still pressure, a yeah. Fucked up time. It's still horrible. I think the drawback was they mentioned. Well, he's the visual department, so he would know oh. about a whole lot of them, but doesn't know every single one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the issue is figuring out what he does and doesn't know. Yeah, and they they said I think Kiraku at one point is like. There is no point in me thinking about that. I just have to assume that he has access to every single one because he can't pretend like the moment he assumes there's no way he knows this one. If he pulls out, he's fucked. He's done. And he uses more new ones coming up. Dude, he has more access to crazy shit. He does even crazier shit later. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap the chapter up. We got last couple little bits here. We got, of course, go right over to fucking Hisagi. This is how we're going to end up chapter 21. We're ending here. And he's still fucking lost. Wandering through this structure, trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of here. And this is where, once again, he's now senses Kiraku, Yoruichi. He's like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, he's sensing everybody. And he finally sees them. And he sees a Ronkars, Quincy's. And he's like, 
This is so fucking weird. He can also sense the weakening spiritual pressure of his boys. He's like, oh, this is also not fucking good. So Hisagi bums ass jumps out a window. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to go down. The sins of the battlefield. And the chapter ends with this quote. He still had no idea what he would learn of the Soul Society's darkness on that battlefield. Ooh. Incredible chapter. Long fucking chapter. So much. I think it's basically two fucking huge battles. Like one huge battle starts ends in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Another huge battle starts in this chapter and we get to like the midway point and another battle fucks off somewhere. I'm like, dude, that's so crazy. So much shit is happening. So much character interaction because we basically have one huge group that ends. They join the other group. We now have another huge group. It's so much back and forth. It's insane. So how many people are taking on Tokinata right now? It's like basically all of them that are not Kenpachi of the Fullbringers. Yeah. Has Shinji rejoined them yet? I think he does. Shinji I has think not. He, Actually, no. I no, think he just he, joins them. He did. He did yeah. join them because he gets fucked up. He gets uh, caught in um, Kyoka so he gets yeah. To. yeah. He's here. Okay. Yeah. So literally everybody but Kenpachi and the Fullbringers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenpachi so don't even give a fuck at that point. It's a shit show. Yeah. It's just an absolute shit show. But it's so good. And it's like, I cannot recommend enough a lot of the banter that's happening there. It's amazing. I mean, and even from like playing Bleach Brave Souls and seeing, I obviously knew what his fucking power was going to be. I've heard about it. I've seen it. I've, I've seen the soul bomb over a million times. Still so fucking good. And I feel like of all goddamn people, Tokenata in Camp for Your Own World, Volume 3, gives us the most combo attacks. The most combo yep. attacks out of everything I wanted to see. I wanted to see for so long some bleach goddamn combo attacks. Does it all but one person? Tokenata. He does it. He just need one person. He knocks it out of the park. I always forget what's like to, still in relation. What's uh, Shunsi's relate Shunsui's relationship to uh, Nanao? He's her uncle. Okay, so he is her uncle. Thank yes. you. I always forget what it was. It's just well, it makes sense that he's just it. like carrying her around for most of the time. Yeah, that's yeah. for fucking sure. Well, she's helping. She, listen, she's like she's protecting him now. She is helping, but they talk time and time again. She can only do keto and stuff like that. Well, you she, know, like, yeah, she's keto based. Yeah. So, but I mean, credit to her. She's putting up all yeah. these shields at all times. Yeah. She's useful. She's the white mage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think you just you forgot about the relationship because that hasn't come up yet in the blood war. Yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. That's what that is. That episode is going to go crazy, by the way. I'm just just putting that out there. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good episode. Tokinata's use of Kyokusu Getsu is absurdly terrifying. Yes. Oh, and my God. And we see how he uses it going forward. And I just like – we'll touch on this a little bit in the chapter coming up. But the dynamic – and because, you know, with Aizen – here's how I picture it. With Aizen, that Bankai, the Shikai, the power, it is – perfect like he's perfected it already on his end like he is so fucking good at using it we like we're basically seeing kyokosu gets to use it 100 max output with mm-hmm. aizen he's like fucking incredible but we give it to someone like tokenata you know he can't re- he's still learning the power you know it's not like he was the quincy's where they fucked up to go train for a little bit he's yeah like still actively learning it he's had a little bit of touch with it but the way that he uses it to basically zone people were just the threat of it being active, which we talk about right at the start of this chapter, the threat of it being activated immediately makes everybody stop. Like you cannot do anything and everybody is frozen. It's so it's fucking so good. Cool, so good. It's amazing. I do love how Shinji's like, maybe if I activated my Shikai, it's like I might have to fix this or fix yeah. that and constantly adjust. Like Aizen never had to worry about that because Aizen's Aizen. He's just strong enough that all he has to do is fuck with your eyesight a little bit, and he's already won. 
Chokey mm-hmm. he can't, he's not going to kill you with the spiritual pressure. So he's like, I have to compensate. And how do I compensate? By using all of the attacks. All of them. Yeah, and they and I feel like it's a di- little bit of a different end goal as well. Where with Tokonata, I think they talk about in this cap- cap- chapter coming up. Even though he wants to achieve his goal, his real ultimate goal is the Sea Despair. So yeah. even though he's fighting all of these people at the same time, he still wants to cause them to despair and as such does not want to kill them right away. He's just having a good time doing this yeah. too. He Big purposely is still not trying to kill him all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, Tokunata is living his best life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's like, this is his wet dream. Come to the body. He's like, this is fucking <laughs> awesome. This is great. He has never had a better day in, uh, in his entire existence. Yeah, now I don't know if he will make a return at all later, but on the opposite end of that spectrum, Ikomikadome is having a horrible time. He had yeah, a bad he's having a bad time. time. Really, really bad. He was going to take over Hikone. Now it's the other way well, around. Well, he spoke all of this shit about how he's better than all of them. He's going to be the king. It's going to be great. And he got whomped. He got fucking taken down instantly. He literally got feel, jumped. I did feel a little bad for him because having something like your name being taken away, you have a new one. You That name literally doesn't exist anymore. And... He's not even screaming at Hakone not to absorb him. He's just saying, don't call me by that name. That's not my name. Do yeah. we ever find out his real name? It was written in like weird Japanese characters that I can't fucking, tra- I can't read that shit. <laughs> okay, so it will never be revealed later in this book. His name was James. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back Mister. together. Mister. Anything else on chapter 21 that we missed? I mean, it was a beefy fucking chapter. That was, that was so fucking massive. Uh, not really. I think we covered all the good shit. The 13-piece the dinner special will live forever in my heart. Yeah, we were going to – so originally, it's some Bleach Boys behind the scenes. We were originally going to end on chapter 21. Um, there is one more chapter. We couldn't remember which one we said we were going to end on. I think we said we'd, we'd end on 22, but we don't remember if – yeah. Ending at the beginning of 22 yeah. or at the yeah. end. So we were like, man. So I was trying to ask while I was at work the other day. We're like one night before. I'm like, which chapter are we ending on? And Pythes read a little bit ahead. He's like, chapter 22 is good as fuck. Like, yeah, he just, he just 22. drops it in there. I'm like, so mm. I was reading to say I went to work super early. I did back to back fucking pain in the ass. Went to work early. Came home. I was like, all right, let me knock this chapter out. Fucking beefy chapter again. It took me so long. I, I thought like, I was going to be done with it in like about an hour. I was like, oh, this is taking me way too long right yeah. now. Yeah, and there's a lot in this chapter. It is junk. Sam, you gave me way too much credit. You asked me what are we stopping on, and I hit 22 because we were stopping before 22, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> did he well, think? Cause... Did he think I meant? to start to to stop at or to I was read. trying to clarify I'm like listen what did we say because you know sometimes we say like okay uh we'll read the 22 does that mean read 22 and be done read through it does that mean not? get to 22 and you're done like what does that mean so I I procrastinated like fuck and so yesterday it was my day off so I read up to 21 and then I was like well shit what if they read 22 and I didn't? So I, got, <laughs> so I got halfway through and went, holy fuck, this chapter, this chapter fucks hard. I'm just going to tell them to read it no matter what. Yeah. So I came home, read this thing, and I was like, whoo, that's a biggie. That's a bigum. So, I mean, if we're not ever ready, we hop into 22. This is the last chapter we'll be covering this episode. We'll be back in another two weeks, which will actually be. Let me take a quick look here. Two weeks. That will be the last episode before I go to Japan. 
and I'll oh, be gone that'll for two be weeks. sick. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if we might have an episode go up while I'm gone, but we I will be in Japan with my girlfriend, my younger brother. We'll be there for two weeks. We just barely missed the bleach art ex- exhibition. Oh, so sad. Which is sad. It ended, I think, literally at the end of December, and we're going beginning of February. So we just barely fucking missed it. But on our last day there, we're going to stay in the bleach-themed hotel. Hey, yeah. let's yeah. go. Yeah. Which – expensive as fuck it's really expensive because it's a luxury hotel it is a like japanese super luxury hotel five stars it wasn't it a business hotel uh i don't know what i don't know what it is but i guess their thing is this five-star luxury hotel has collaborations with anime yeah so like before this they did Jujutsu kaisen yeah i saw that one too. yes TikTok Uh, man i guess that's just their thing so smart i mean fuck Uh, so we were looking and i was trying to book it when you're it's really supposed to be for Japanese citizens. Spoiler alert. Um, when you're trying to book it on their website, they do have a English site, but they only offer you the regular room. So like, which room do you want? You want a king? You want a double queen? Like, what do you want? You know, um, my girlfriend, bless her heart. They found out that they had a, um, a New York based sales office. So I don't know why. No fucking idea why a Japanese company would have that. So she emailed them. and was like, Hey, like I'm trying to book this room on the Japanese site, but it's asking for like, uh, a province or whatever, you know, like a Japanese address is what it's asking for. And if you put in your U.S. address, it tells you no, that doesn't that doesn't work. And so they're like, yeah, we'll book it for you. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's so sick. Yeah. So she told him like, hey, we want this room, like the bleach themed room, for this date. And I'm like, done. Here's your confirmation number. So yeah, we'll be going the last night that we're there. We'll be staying in the bleach themed hotel room. Damn, Damn that's like, that's badass. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll take some pictures. I'll record some video. And we'll see. Maybe I'll make it into a video. And I'll show you oh, guys. You should, but it's expensive. Like yeah. $500 a night. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Damn. insane. But we're staying at a few luxury hotels while we're out there. I'm not going to say the exact ones we're staying at, just in case. But the first night we're staying in a Ritz, which fucking bougie. Yeah, those are and nice as fuck. in between, we're just going to stay at like base level little Japanese hotels, which are like 60 bucks a night. But the, it's like a full bed, you know. Oh, so, I was gonna yeah. say like, do you, uh, are you? I don't go, know. Are your feet gonna dangle? I don't, well, they're gonna dangle no matter what, Jose. I'm six foot six. They're, I'm gonna, they're gonna dangle. But will I fit? I don't know. We we gotta have a special Bleach Boys podcast <laughs> of your trip to Japan. <laughs> yeah, I, like, that's it. So um, don't know if I'll fit on any of the beds. That'll be that'll be interesting. Um, then in the middle, we're staying at a a there's a city in Japan. That is super well known for hot springs. Like that is their whole oh, thing. I know. They, yeah. they love oh, hot springs. I've seen there that is is another luxury hotel. Luckily, you guys don't that, have tattoos. I know. Well, well, well this, it doesn't matter for this one, and this is why. So my girlfriend has tattoos, so she ruins all the. I don't want to be public, anyways. Okay, if I don't. Know I'm with you on that. I would have gone private anyways. Listen, I've gone. There's um in Irvine around here in California. I know exactly what you're talking about. There are Korean spas here that have the same thing, where they like to have like the heated pools or the saunas, whatever it is. Um. I'm not about that life of walking around naked with other other guys. You know, no offense if that's your jam. But I I thought you could wear your towels. Okay, so now Jose. No one does, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know no one does. So you can opt to wear your towels, Jose, but nobody wants to wear their towels. And people are just walking around. And this is maybe a quick little introspection for any females watching. My girlfriend went to the, the female side because it's split until you yeah. go into the shared side of the sauna. She said everybody was super respectful. Everybody had, like had their stuff covered until they got into like literally the hot tub. Then they take the towel off while they're in there. Um, 
the guy side is people literally walking around grabbing their dicks. I'm not even joking. Like full on just yoinking on them. I had one guy, I'm getting undressed and I'm trying to like, they have like prison clothes that you can swap into. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to hop into the prison clothes. As I'm doing that, some guy comes up right next to me. And of course it's his locker. He should be allowed to, mm-hmm. but doesn't wait for me to be done. So it starts get, digging through his locker with his dick hanging out right next to my face. I'm trying to put my pants on. I'm like, I'm just not about that life. You know, I just, I can't live that lifestyle. Reminds me of Yosemite. It's very much like our trip to Yosemite where the old men were in the public restroom naked. We were uh, 12 or 13 at the time. So <laughs> yes, very, very similar experience. <laughs> so I was not really Mike. I listen, I wasn't really looking for, it. I know I feel like in Jap- Japan, everybody would be looking at me. I'm the tall white guy coming in naked. I feel well, like I'd be, a you're going to be well, well in, what is it? Well in doubt. Yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, I and listen, I, you know, I'm not in peak physical condition. I always listen. My body shape is similar to like the aliens that like coffee from Men in Black. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so not what I thought. You I'm were not exactly say. looking to go balls out. You know, kind of hang my thing. That's it. So, anyways, as I was saying, we, we got a hotel room that every hotel room has a private hot spring inside. I know exactly which one you're talking about. And oh it's my god! On the side of a river. Yep. So all of the hotels have basically giant windows that open up to face this river and you have a private hot spring yeah it's right on the side and of it's got like the little shower because you're supposed to take a bath or shower yep. right before yep. you get in there yep. and stuff yep. i've seen that all over tiktok and stuff I'm another like, super badass. expensive hotel worth it though but that's why i told so when i'm going my girlfriend how many times am i going to go to japan mm-hmm. so that's why i told her i was like listen if we want to stay in a few luxury hotels let's fucking do it like God, because we're exactly we're never gonna be out there again well, you know, hopefully we are. But well, we'll eventually end up, on, Yeah, eventually not, we'll take a, a full team yes. trip. But let's say something happens, we never get to go again. Let's let's fucking go. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. So we booked that one too. So we're gonna do that for the luxury hotel. So that should be cool. But that's like in a rural city somewhere because that's like they're known for yeah, the hot. You have to take so the train yeah, and then you have to like city or yeah. like that. But yeah, should I, be good. I guess that's like your priority. But like, if I was ever going to Japan, I'd stay at the cheapest fucking place I could and just spend all my money on just stuff. So that's what my younger brother wants to. Do. So I, we were we're traveling with my younger brother, um, and I asked him beforehand because like I was just gonna book all the hotel rooms for mm-hmm. us. But I'm like, hey, do you care about staying in those? Because if you don't care, like I don't want to force you to have to stay at these expensive places. Like if you just want to listen, if you want to stay at a shitty sixty dollar, they're not shitty because they're in Japan. They're yeah. all nice. If you want to stay at a sixty dollar per night hotel room and you're we're gonna be gone most of the day traveling. We're gonna be gone most of the day looking at stuff. Like it's most of the days is gonna be used for just sleeping. That's quite literally it. Yeah, if that's all you sleeping. want, fucking go for it, man. Like do do your thing. I'm not gonna force you to come stay in a private hot spring hotel room with us. You know, you don't have and he exactly was like, Yeah, I don't want like not interested. Like I'm gonna use my money for other stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I can't picture Matt doing that. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. But, like, you know, for us, like, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, that sounds awesome. I'm all gonna, about that life. Are you going to ship yourself stuff? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think you got to. We but have a couple of I, big duffel bags that we're going to bring, but I think if it gets too big, I just got to ship it back. That's what uh, Bridie was saying. She's like, hey, I hope you know. It's like, you're going to have to pack lightly when we do yeah. go there. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people were saying, um, if you're of normal stature, Jose, you could, we would probably fit. A lot of people say, like, they quite literally, they'll pack, like, three outfits, and they will just buy the rest when they get there. That's what everyone was telling me. Well, I have to slim down a little bit. Yeah. So, Because they'll, like, basically take a suitcase and put it inside of another suitcase, and then that way when they get there, they have an extra suitcase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? I I spend my whole trip in, like, Akihabara, Ikebukuro, Shinjuku. 
just hang out there. Yeah, I mean, they say for a lot of trips when you go to Tokyo, if you're only going to stay there for like seven days, they're like, just stay in Tokyo. Just yeah. Quite that's... literally stay in Tokyo. You don't need to go anywhere. Like, that's where most of the stuff is going to be. And it's like New York. You know, you could be there for fucking ever. Although now would be a good time to head down to Okinawa because it's not as hot as it's going to be. Yeah, they said while we're there, we're going to go beginning of February. There's still going to be places that have snow. Like, yeah. So it's cool. But you'll cool. have some places that do have the cherry blossoms blooming. Uh, they're oh. not. So they the cherry blossoms won't start till March. Oh, it's in March. Um, But there's a f- season right before it's technically cherry blossoms. It's got another name for it. Katie would know. Um, But those will be blooming. So it won't be the ch- iconic air quote cherries, but it'll be a lighter shade. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Still look cool. We'll see. We'll see. Are you guys going to go see the rabbits on that island? No, we're not seeing the rabbits. We're not seeing the deers. You're not going to Nara? No. You don't want to see Shikamaru's house? No, we're going to go to the Naruto theme park, though. Oh, they have, sick. like, the Hokage yeah. wall and stuff. You're gonna, you got to have the ramen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I don't like actual ramen. <laughs> I saw a great idea, though, where someone said that for, like, flights and stuff like that, they packed a cup ramen and just asked for boiling water on the plane. Because they got boiling water, right? They make tea yeah, and stuff. they make teas. Genius. Right? Isn't that good? Because I'm really concerned what I'm going to eat on the plane. Yeah. I'm not really concerned what I'm going to eat You're doing 12-hour ride? Uh yeah, I think I almost want to say I don't know if this is I think twelve hours right. It's twelve hours there. I think it's ten hours back. The, the flight back, the flight back is, shower, is shorter. Oh, sick! I heard it was fourteen hours. That's what I was going to quote, Pythes, but I was not confident in that number. I was going to D- say Danny's was, was twelve. I was going to say fourteen there, and then I was going to say eleven back, but I think it's actually shorter. I, I looked, so I think Jose's numbers are all right. Direct, right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where they went to and from, but I watched the Deadlock podcast, and they had like a plane ride that was fourteen hours to Japan. She- I probably made a stop somewhere. I'm going to fucking lose my mind. I honestly, I am so fucking unprepared for what I'm going to do on this flight for 14 hours. I'm going to lose my mind. I, I already know I cannot sleep on planes. I'm going to fucking lose my mind. I've never been on a plane, so I can't help you there. Hmm. I haven't been on a plane since I was a kid. Yeah, they're not fun. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, and you know, here's here's what's specifically not fun is my girlfriend. She's like a fucking baby. She will oh, fall asleep before the plane even takes off. Like, <laughs> you know, like when you get a baby in a car and they just fucking knock out. Yeah. That's what my girlfriend does. She's gonna be out for eight hours. So I'm just like left for dead. I'm just like totally left for dead by myself. Uh, and then Shut I hate the feeling in the air in the in your ears. Yeah, yeah. But that's only for a little bit. And you have to. You're on the plane for so long that you have to wear like compression pants and stuff so that we don't get blood clots. What should the I, fuck? Sam, should I ship you a book to read? <laughs> uh, yeah, what you got? What What are my options? Uh, I got that pirate book you refused to read. Dude, I... Okay, I, this is such an old story, but and this is just in case you ever want to know how I go about reading stuff. I bought a pirate book from Barnes & Noble. This is back when I worked in Barnes & Noble. I came across my desk. It said The True History of Pirates. And I love pirates. Like I, I like... The I guess the romanticized, the romanticized version, version of pirates, of pirates you yeah. Know? Um, and I want to hear about like, I guess the, the true lives of some of these people, the legit like, Blackbeard you know, and like, stuff. Like, yeah, sure. Like that stuff's interesting. Like, I'm totally down for that. The book starts and it goes, "I'm not here to romanticize pirates to you. Pirates were rapists, murderers. They were villains. They were criminals." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, that's a fucking downer." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "I don't want to so read I this never anymore." Read it past that part. I was like, "All right, cool." But First I own the book. That book is fire, and also if you get bored, it's meant for you to read it at whatever part you fucking feel like. So just skip mm. around. 
Okay. All right. Cool. Huh? Cool. Just jump in. Yeah, I would love to because I really, I really was interested. But yeah, it was just a little bit of a downer. Yeah. And see, I also own multiple copies of the Twelve Caesars. I'll send you that. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to send you the Iliad? I have multiple copies of that. No, too. I think I'll survive without that. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be. I think I'll be good. <laughs> I just need to load a bunch of manga onto like my iPad or something, and then then yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be good. Will that work on airplane mode? Well, I, that's why I got to load. Yeah, you have like, to download it to your like Record of Ragnarok, the whole thing or something. Oh, fucking finally, we need to st- <laughs> we need to start. We need to start back Mongolku, whatever. Mm, the fuck true. That. I've been trying to get these two chuckle fucks to read Record of Ragnarok forever. <laughs> I've been reading them occasionally when TikTok's <laughs> TikTok spoils everything. I don't every, even know what's going on every, half the time. Every I'm just manga like, right. has like its own song that plays to it. It's it's fucking yeah. great. I like that My Hero Academia has gotten the um, Bastille Pompeii is yeah. their theme song, but the Hans Zimmer version, like it's so it's fucking so epic. Funny. Yeah, Bleach Boys read Record of Ragnarok at some point. <laughs> in the meantime let's do chapter 22 okay for your own world this is beefy boy tail end last chapter lots of good information here now to preface this chapter if you have not already dipped out there will be major spoilers for all things soul king that will be coming up here that will either interest you and you'll want to listen on or maybe about all right just a quick heads up Let's go with a quote from the very first part of the chapter, the first line. It says, so this is the Ryoki, Ryoki, which is the Soul King. And it says, I understand how you feel, your majesty. What are you talking about, Hashwolf? I'm not feeling a shred of emotion from looking at this decaying grave. And then we go back. We pick up where we left off. Hasagi has arrived on the battlefield, and he is confused fucking confused draku is fucked up and now it looks like she's exhausted her spiritual powers there's quinties Aronkars, corpse unit members they are all appearing to be rather defensive than offensive and Hasagi's like the fuck did i walk into Hasagi attempts to walk towards kiraku and is like hey what's up my boy and shun sweet turns and points his sword at him and is like it's best that you don't get close to me right now he's smart yeah and this is when Hasagi, where i guess for the first time Meets Tokunada yeah, for the first yeah, time. For the first time ever. And he's like, hey, are you Tokunada? <laughs> and he's like, firstly, disrespectful, Lord, Tor- Lord Tokunada. And Asagi's like, listen, what are you what are you planning to do, Hakone? Like, that's what he cares about. He wants to know what is it you're planning. And Tokunada at this point is like, why the fuck do you care about Hakone? And he says, he's just a tool. He's a tool that I created to be the Soul King. I don't actually give a fuck about him. And the fact that he is quite literally willing to kill himself, he says it is quite dull. And Asagi's like, the fuck? And gets pissed. He's like, now I actually want to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. that's so fucked up. And this is when we get another quote here. This is from uh, the book talking about, of course, your boy Tokunata. It says, the man in front of his eyes was an entirely different type of evil compared to Aizen and Yuhabaha. Since the incident with Tozen, Hasagi had been reluctant to speak of justice and evil as though they were simple dualisms. But Hasagi's instincts told him that the man named Tokunata was quite clearly evil fucking dick love, love it fuck Tokinata. <laughs> yeah but it, it's like what we talked about before and i mean you've alluded to i think when we brought up Tokinata way back in the day pythes that the difference with Tokinata, aizen yuhaba were like aizen yuhaba they got plans you know yeah. they got stuff they have idealism i guess and Tokinata, time and time again he just wants to make people despair. That's quite literally it. That's his whole game plan. It's his thing. He wants he people to going. be upset. He's, a, he's an internet troll. That's it. Like, 
Aizen and Yuha are no are by no means good people, but they they have ulterior motives. They are trying to do something that they believe is good. Tokinata is just being a dick. And Tokunata continues to kind of try to like bait Hasagi out here, and he's like, "Listen, I don't give a fuck. Like, you listen, thank. I think he tells him, you know what? Thank you for going to write that article about me. I, I, if you want to sit on the sideline, I'll let you watch. I'll maybe tip you a coin or Dude, something if you write a good article." Dude, he was making me so mad. I'm like, "Oh, you're and such Hasagi's a dick like, for this. I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Like, Hasagi's getting ready to beat this guy's ass, and suddenly he's grabbed by Kiraku, and they disappear into the shadow." Which this is what I talked about earlier, where it's established that he can bring other people in the shadow. He's there with the now as well. And this is where Kyaku and now um they explain the situation. And I can only grasp that Kiraku was like, okay, this is the real Hasagi because Tokonata was like, the fuck are you doing here? Yep. <laughs> like that was in the conversation. Tokonata was like, Why are you here? And then like, where'd you like, come oh, from? That that is really Hasagi. And inside he's like, listen. The Zanpakuto can mimic all the abilities. It has all the Zanpakuto abilities. Um, and to tell you the truth, we've all been affected by Aizen. Because <laughs> it gets you. And it's like, we're in a real bad state down here. Real, real fucking bad state. And it's like, big disadvantage. And we are so scared to attack and basically have another Momo situation happen here. We are mm-hmm. fucking terrified. And Yasagi's like, hey, listen, I know I'm weak. I don't I don't necessarily stand a good chance against Tokunata, but what if I could steal his Zanpakuto? Like, what if I could rip it from him? Smart. And that's when uh, Kiraku's like, well, you remember, like, your old nighttime routines that you would do in the Soul Reaper Academy? And that's when we cut back to Tokunata. And another thing we referenced earlier in the podcast, Tokunata is, like, firing off fucking fire everywhere trying to get Kiraku to come out. He's like, listen, I know you can hear me. Come the fuck out. There's shadows all over created by the flames. Like, just come out. And he's like, if you don't come out, I'll just make you watch this ragtag team that you assembled. I'll watch you meet the demise. That'll be it. And then this is when he goes to threaten Yodoichi. And he's like, listen, you know what might be good? What if I use your little fawn family, San Pacto, and proke you with it all over? And that way you for sure suffer. And right before your max suffering, I'll deliver the final blow to you. And that way, Soifan will be so devastated to hear that her Zanpakuto was used to kill you. Yup. And it's just like Yodoichi still just smiles. It's just like, oh, you're such a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, so just like doing her thing. And this is when Tokunata senses spiritual pressure appear from the shadow behind him. And we see Kiraku, Nanao, Hasagi, they've all returned. And Hasagi is standing there with his eyes closed. And Tokunata immediately realizes what the game plan they're going to because obviously it's the first thing you would try when you see Aizen Zanpakuto is in order to keep him unaffected by complete hypnosis, they're going to basically use Hasagi as a radar to figure out where the real Tokunata is. Whether that be him hitting him, whether that be him shooting out his Shikai, wherever he's going, they're going to use Hasagi to figure out when he has the real Tokunata. Mm-hmm. And he has the perfect Zanpakuto for that because his shit is ranged and covered in chains. Yep. Yeah, true. Very true, actually. And Tokunata is like, all right, listen, I could still recover from this. It's not that big of a deal. He's not the best in combat. I just got to make sure I can survive long enough to use complete hypnosis to basically blend in. Because Hisagi is sensing him with the chains, with the spiritual pressure. And if he gets to know Hisagi a bit more, he could copy his voice. He could copy his spiritual pressure. He could figure out how he attacks. And he wants to full-on kill all these people, which we talked about earlier as well, but he's still trying to figure out how he can torture them before he does that. He doesn't want to just give them the easy way he's out. He's legit the Joker right now. Yes. And so... Hasagi is like remaining calm during these initial attacks. He's shooting off his Zanpakuto, Shikai mode, shooting it off everywhere. And he's thinking back to Tozen. It's always fucking Tozen with Hasagi. And he's thinking about how, to- you know, Tozen constantly struggled with probably his own rage and fear. And Hasagi's like, hey, like you said you were like, you've seen everything that's happened. 
you saw how Tozen died, right? And he's like, when yeah. you brought that up, I was like, oh yeah. boy, he's like, I saw it. It's like it took me a lot of effort to get those bugs past like the research and development part, but I fucking saw it. And he thanks Toz, or he thanks Hasagi for taking out Tozen as he clearly had revenge against Tokonata plan, mm-hmm. and he owes him. He owes him. He's like, thank you for taking out that enemy of mine. And Asagi's like, fuck you. Like it's Asagi's pissed. And I, I think it. May I read the quote? Because this will be fucked up. It says, when asked by Shuhei if he saw Tosin's death, yes, that really was deplorable what happened to him. I regret that I wasn't there myself. If only had I had been there when you stabbed him through the head and Aizen nebulized him. <laughs> Dude. I, I could have the... told him. Tokinata then narrowed his eyes with an expression that was the incarnation of wickedness itself as he continued. I could have told him that his friend's cries as she died were much more exquisite and disgraceful. That's all. <laughs> God, Fuck. I hate that guy. I hate him so much. Yeah. We love Tokinata, guys. We love Tokinata. Let's go full 180. <laughs> we love Tokinata. I still say best villain in Bleach. He just makes you hate him, like yeah. legitly. Like I can't hate Aizen. He's too cool. You, and you know he's a Pythes. Let me put this in wrestling terms. Yeah, he's a great heel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Aizen is. He's DX. He's the NWO. He was Kevin Owens when Kevin mm-hmm. Owens was bad. He's Stone Cold when because Stone Cold used to be a bad guy. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Uh. The current evil Roman Reigns. You can't hate him because Eisen's fucking cool. Oh, I even, I even kind my, of my favorite one, Edge. Mm-hmm. I mean the rated R superstar. Rated, rated R superstar. Superstar. That's how. That's how you think you know me. Yep. God, <laughs> I love that intro. I even kind of like Yuha a little bit. I I kind of just dig the old man with the mustache fighting with the kids. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. But like every, like I said, every time Tokinata does something cool, the way he's fighting with Kyokusui Getsu is cool. He says some shit that makes me go, "Fuck you! I hate you so much." <laughs> he could have just been a cool guy, but then all of a sudden he opens his mouth. It kind of works, right? He's he's like, got. He's got some good questions where it's like, come on. Like, you didn't think about that? Like, yeah. come on. And then it's like, fuck, why didn't I think about that? And then he just <laughs> slam dunks you. Yeah, but yeah, because but instead of Eisen would bring up a good question and let you think about it, he he brings up a good question, then calls you a dumbass and tries to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then he talks about, like, fucking your dead wife or some shit. <laughs> yeah, he goes right for the weak spots. He's he's an affluenza kid. That's Tokonata's problem. So Tokonata in this current fight, by the way, he's dodging. He is uh, deflecting all of Hisagi's attacks in a shikai. And Hisagi goes to attack Tokonata here again. And he is wounded by none other than Gen Zanpakuto going fucking lightning fast, hitting him right in the shoulder. And Tokonata uses a perfect opportunity. Let's question Hisagi some more. And he's like, you've never thought about, like, why Tozen and Aizen did what they did? Like, you've never once crossed your mind? And he's asked if he's ever used that deficient brain to ever think that Aizen may have been right. Like, quite literally. And Shunsui's like, dog, what the fuck are we talking about here? He's trying to stop him. Clearly, you know, Tokonata is hinting towards something going on with the Soul King, with Yuha Baha, with Tozen. Like, why is it doing? Shunsui tries to intervene here. 
And this is when Aura appears of all people and slaps away uh, Shun Sui to stop, let the story keep going. And she says that she wants Hisagi to hear the original story to judge whether Tokunata's new world is right or wrong. And Hisagi's like, why the fuck me? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, like why, why does that want to be me? And so Tokunata is like, all right, yeah, that's the, I'm game with that. Let's fucking go. And he reveals that basically all of the Soul Society is built on the sins of the five great noble clans, which is not the four. And the Soul King was a sacrificial goat. And in the state that he's in right now, he's neither alive nor dead. And says that the Soul King was originally actually a protector back in the day, long, long, long ago, before Zanpakuto were even a thing. And he was born into the world with the powers of everything, like an Ichigo, a Quincy, a Soul Reaper, and a Fullbringer. And the current three realms that we know now, they were only created by sacrificing the Soul King, the entity that we know who was referred to as both a devil and a savior. And of course, who was it that sacrificed him? The five great noble clans who Tokonata refers to as the five traitors. Yup. Mm-hmm. So while this is happening real quick, before we continue on with the big revelation we're about to get, uh, they're still fighting as this conversation is going on. Like Shuhei is actively fighting with his eyes closed, trying to get all this stuff going on. And at one point, Tokonata also uses Omaida Zanpakuto. The block. Yeah, yeah, I saw the I saw the morning star. I'm like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, 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 let's go, Omaida. Well, like, but I, honestly, in what world would that be the most efficient choice to pull that out? Like, come on. You need a ranged attack, I guess. There's a million better options to pull out than Omaida's. Sam. Don't you understand that Omida is someone that is beloved of Ichibe? Only someone <laughs> with that kind of power and charisma. Yeah, you're right. What was that, I thinking? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I my, think my mistake. It was like during this where they're actually describing how Tokinata is fighting, and with using Kyokusui Getsu, and they're like, he makes them think he's shooting out like Momo's fireballs, but actually he's just stabbing you with Shinso. So. They're reacting to attacks that are wrong. Yeah, it's hella it's smart. So good. So, but so good. He's nothing if not a tactician. Yeah, Stupid. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you it, hate it, that you love him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hate that I love him. Yeah, hey. Sometimes you meet those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I we go now name. to all places. It is time for Squad Zero. Uh, the, what is it called? The Ryoku, wherever the place they hang out. Orientation oh, time. Yep. Yeah, it, it is Get time for class. orientation for all the new guards. This is quite literally they lost so many of their guards that they have had to bring in new people. So they're going to tell them a story. They're going to tell them exactly how what the Soul King is, what happened, just so everybody's on the same page. And so luckily for it, us, that's exactly what we needed. This is the part where I got to where I was like, I need to make these two assholes read this chapter right now. <laughs> I'm not stopping. So Ichibe is addressing the members of Squad Zero and the new recruits in the Ryokyu. And he's like, you know what? This seems like a good time. Let me reveal uh, some dark history here. Let yep. me, let's let's air out some dirty laundry. And he says, in an age of chaos with no distinction between life or death. So you can quite literally just live forever. There's nothing happening. You're just doing your fucking thing. A powerful being emerged who could not only destroy hollows, restore Reishi, do the whole circle of life, but the being was the first Soul King. And he possessed quote near almighty powers and i think he said omniscient omniscient i'm gonna i'm gonna try that word omniscient. Um, omnis whatever Om you just said omniscience i don't think that's right omniscience omniscience who am i to say he pronounced quite omniscient powers and 
the five individuals with powerful abilities outside of the Soul King were the original founders of the mm. five great noble clans. Mm. So the Soul King was like super powerful, but there were other powerful people that were there, the five great noble clans, which just to keep everybody up to date, included the Sheba family. So they decided, let's, what better way? We have this like all powerful guy. Let's use his power. We'll create a new world. Like, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. But because there were five clans, they each had their own different motives for doing what they were doing. But all of their motives, even though they were different, they all converged on like, that's a great idea. Let's fuck this guy up. Let's take him out. So they decide let's separate the world into the soul society, world of living, Wekomundo as we know it. We'll establish clear boundaries between life and death. It'll be a 10 out of 10 time. It's going to be lovely. Plug up all they got to do hole. is kill one guy. No yep. biggie. No biggie. Plug and up so, that hole. We got to make yep. sure yep. hell's not a problem. Yep. So, of course, to achieve this, as we all know, they sacrifice the fuck out of the Soul King. They're like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And they're going to use his almighty power as the, as we've heard a million times, the linchpin of the new world. And it says that when they confronted the Soul King, he didn't resist. He, he just he was saw like, it coming. Whatever. And it says that he possibly foresaw some hope in this new world where, like, maybe this was a good idea. So he just let it happen. And, of course, the ancestors were led by none other than the Sunni Ashiro clan in this coup, in this defeat of the Soul King they were doing. And even after they had cornered him, he agreed to help. Um, they feared the Soul King's power so much they trapped him in that crystal, the contradictory state of continuous life and death. So he could never escape. He was constantly neither alive nor dead. And they were still so fucking concerned with his powers, they began to mutilate his body. And that's where we got, he, they removed his heart, legs, arms, internal organs, all to diminish his power and turn him basically into a figurehead. That, they could just use that was for their own crazy work. that they went and dissected him like that. Yeah, and it's all due to the Sunni Shiro family was so fucking scared. And I, this is where we get a nice little... You know, they weren't all bad moments. Not all of them. Uh, yeah. The Sheba clan actually opposed this, and they originally sought to talk with the Soul King and like negotiate with him and see if they get him on his side. And even if that did not work, they sought to actually replace the Soul King with their own body. They were mm -hmm. going to sacrifice themselves to be the linchpin, even though they probably don't have enough power to get it done. But all of that research the Sheba clan was doing, all of the effort, it was spoiled because the senior sheriff family was like, fuck it, let's just murder his ass. Let's just fucking call this a day and move on. Um, the Sunni Shiro family, even though they were successful, even though they locked up the Soul King, even though the Sheba family didn't do their plan, was still so fucking salty that the Sheba clan wanted to do something else. They made it so that they were basically scrubbed from history. Yep. Any good deeds they did were fucking rocked out and thus making them receive literally zero love, literally zero like recognition from the other noble clans. They just fucked them over. And this is when we go back to Ichibe and he's like, you know, Quite ironic that Ichigo Kurosaki, a descendant of the Shiba family, appeared with just the right attributes to replace the Soul King where it seemed like fate to them. And then quotes how even parts of the Soul King, like the arm, the left arm, the right arm, eventually made its way back to the Soul King as well. Mm -hmm. Whether that be through, you know, like I think uh, Pernida was the right arm. Pernida was left. Pythes? Yeah, so even the left arm, even though it joined like Yuha Baha as an original Quincy, and, you know, a Stern Ritter, mm -hmm. it's that even he fought to make his way back, whether that be for an opposite thing. Then obviously we know how Ukatake's made his way back up there. So he said to say that the Soul King, even in that state, did not have a will would be wrong because there's clearly something at play here with the Soul King. Uh, this is where we get a quote here. We go to the Kyogoku. 
And this is the starting quote. If Yuha Baha is the ancestor of the group called Quincy, then the Rayo itself is the source of the Quincy's powers. Whether the Rayo left a child behind before he was sealed away or the power shredded away from the Rayo took human shape and manifested itself, I do not know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh-huh. So kind of alluding to the fact that they don't really know if oh, Yuha Baha yeah. was directly a child that he had beforehand or if it is quite literally a shape of power that took human form it's just crazy i'm just gonna say you remember from that like the start of core 2 when it cuts to yuha that weird flashback you do see a bunch of semen yep yeah sperm the sperm and i don't know if that is metaphorical sperm or literal sperm (laughs) true True. Maybe the Rayo just the sperm could be many parts of his power coming together. I was gonna say he just nutted in somewhere and he nutted I right mean, before he he had post nut clarity and that's yeah. why he saw a good idea coming through. Like, that's it was, right. It said they mutilated him. What did they cut off? Did they cut off a certain precious part? Yuhabaha mm. was the penis that came back oh, in human no. form. <laughs> hey man, in Greek mythology, Aphrodite rose from the sea foam after somebody cut off Kronos's balls and threw it in the ocean. Yeah, I totally no, forgot about that. No way. It was the, it was Kronos cut off Uranus's balls and threw it in the ocean. <laughs> okay, there you go. Right. A little bit of history know-how for you there. Uh, we go back to everybody's favorite Tokonata, who is reveling in the fact that he just revealed all this information. Like, isn't this fucking great? And he is still full-on dodging all of Shui's attacks, and he is using Yamamoto's Zanbakuto, just having a blast. Having a good 10 out of 10 time. And Tokonata's strategy basically... He is very aware of everybody's uh, scaredness of complete hypnosis of Aizen Zanpakuto. And he starts fucking with them to the point where he's using the other Zanpaktos to make like claws of dirt. And he throws them out at them thinking that that's his actual form. Like he's like totally fucking with them. And he's just evading Hasagi with like minimal movement. He's not even trying. He's just doing his thing. And at this point, Tokunata starts to play his, his verbal game. And he's mocking the Soul Society as a whole. Saying that the soul king that they've all fought so hard to protect uh, is just trapped by his ancestor. Like, my yeah. ancestor trapped your savior. Like, sorry. And he asserts that Yuha Baha's actions were an attempt to save his father and return the world to its original state. But he does not know which one was number one. He does not know which <laughs> one he was actually trying to do. They're like, obviously, he wanted both. But what was he really? Like, what was the main What was goal? the real one? So at this point, Tokonata tries to get Kiraku now to like admit, like, listen, you surely know that's fucking true. Like, you know, listen, Aizen and Uraha knew for, he says they knew for over hundreds of years that that was the case. He's like, surely you, Kiraku, at some point learned that as well. And Kiraku is like, I thought it was a fairy tale, you know, and he just like, listen, all I know is if I don't stop you here, all the worlds will be fucked up. Like, that's all I fucking know. That's all I'm going to admit to. And this is where Kiraku notices something weird is going on with Tokonata's spiritual pressure. And Tokonata is uh, like, oh, so you noticed it, huh? Like, I like how he calls him out immediately. He's Tokonata like, so, and Kiraku are like best be buds you. turned evil. Mm-hmm. So it's like they just know each other so well. They're just like, oh, I knew you'd get it. I knew you'd get it. And that's when he reveals that the Zanpakuto that Tokonata is using in Rakyotin is consuming his life force using a curse similar to the Issei family's uh, Hakyokin. And unlike others, basically in the Sunishiro family, once they found out that this curse was placed on this sword where it drains your life force every time you use it, they stopped using it. They're like, fuck that. We're not going to use Enri Kyoden. Um, they are like, listen, we have the family name, Sunishiro. That's enough power for us. We don't want to use that Zanpakuto. And it says, 
that was nothing for someone like Tokunata who would be willing to sacrifice his own life for his own pleasure. Yeah. The other heads were like, nope. Tokunata was like, let's fucking like, go, to me. baby. Like, this Give is it awesome. to me. That shit was like behind a glass case that said break in case of psychopathy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. And Hasagi this whole time, by the way, is still fighting with his eyes closed. Just full on fighting, communicating with his eyes closed. Um, doesn't want to get seen. But now he decides what else to throw in the mix. Not only am I dodging stuff. Not only am I have my eyes closed. Not only am I the radar for Tokunata. Let's have a quick flashback about Tozen. This is a great time for me to have a flashback about Tozen. And we see Tozen basically exposing Hasagi to his Bankai. He's in full, complete darkness. And he wants to treat Hasagi the true nature of fear. Tozen explains that fear comes in many forms and it's like, listen, if you don't know fear, we've heard Tozen talk about it a million times. If you don't have fear, we're no better than monsters. Mm-hmm. Like fear is what makes you strong. And he's warned that if you don't have that and he keeps telling Asagi, like, you're not really feeling it. Like you're not really, you gotta, you gotta own that fear. And the flashback actually ends with this quote, which I thought was very good. He says, we must continue to carry our fear of the path we walk. Our pride is soul reapers, and we must protect the world itself. Because when we have a path we have yet to know, pride we have yet to learn, and a world we have yet to experience in front of us, we cannot expect that the ground we stand upon will be peaceful forever. Pretty damn cool. He's got nuggets, nuggets of wisdom when he wants to have yeah, them. Oh, I yeah. mean, Tozen's a smart guy. Like, And I really like this part that we're going to get on here. Uh, we go back present day. Hasagi cuts back from the flashback, still fighting Tokunata. Um, he's basically struggling with what he's just learned. He's like, that's a lot for me to take in right there. And Hasagi is thinking back to now his pr- previous fight with Tozen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that was actually really fucked up of me to fight Tozen, constantly telling him, like, I'm going to make you open your eyes, Tozen. I'm going to make you open your eyes. I'm going to. Yep. And he's like, I had no idea that the justice that Tozen upheld was so pure and, like, so honest that he was not trying to fix, like, he wasn't mad at the Soul Reapers. He was mad at how it became. Yeah. Like, he thought the very birth of the Soul King was so unjust, and that's what he was really going after. And Asagi's like, I had no fucking idea, and I was preaching my morals, and I feel like an asshole. And that's when Tokunata is also shitting on, you know, Tozen. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, how could you not know that? Like, come on. And he's like, surely you know about the betrayal of his best friend's wishes and the inherent justice that he had, you know, or the injustice he felt for society's history. And Hisagi is like, I get it. Totally understand. I still don't think Tozen's path was entirely correct, but I do get it more now. And that's when he's still thinking about, like, kind of fucked up about doing that uh he's obviously was betrayed by the system he didn't like the hypocrisy that it that it represented um not really he didn't have anything against like let's say hasagi or komamura yeah and i think hasagi sees that now and tokenata is full-on enjoying this turmoil that took that hasagi is in. like this is great like fucking finally like he's like he finally i'm getting him so to snap confused so looking back on his old guy and he's like, you know what would add to this? What would be the perfect cherry on the top is if I use not only Tozen's, you know, powers, but my ex-wife's power as well. <laughs> and so he goes and uses fucking dick. Tozen's power, doing the spinning rings. And he's like, this is going to fuck Hasagi up real good. This is going to be the perfect troll face to the end of the day. And Hasagi just full on, eyes closed. Immediately blocks the whole thing. And it says, like, he moves his Zanpakuto in a way that should have been almost impossible to him. Even if he had his eyes open, I think yeah. that's what they say. And he still just full on hears it going, goes, bink, just knocks it off. And the chapter ends with a quote here, which I'm going to end with again. I think it's a perfect spot to end. The quote 
of the last bit, chapter 22, last chapter we're covering for this episode, a bastard like you who hasn't got any fear of death has no right to talk about Captain Tozen, which yeah. has been a strong yes, subject sir. throughout all the novels. Fear, 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 fear. And it even talked when we were joking about with Tokonata using the family sword. He doesn't got a fear of death. He's like, fuck it, I'll pay it. Like, let's yeah, fucking he go. Give a fuck. And now it's coming back. We're like, you don't have any fear of death? Fuck you. You don't get to talk about Captain Tozen. And that's the end of chapter 22. So I only realized now when you were talking about it, this goes all the way back to like, why does Tosin hate all the shit that he does? Oh yeah, remember when he was hanging out with Eisen and Eisen was like, "Hey, let me tell you about some stuff." Yeah, yeah, Eisen yep. told him everything. I was like, "Oh yeah, he would know that." Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that, that that might get me to turn. I'm just saying. <laughs> Pythes goes evil now. Damn it! Yeah, and I think I skipped over a part where they're even talking about um, Urahara and the Ho- Hogyoku. Yeah, they're like they're talking about why using would it on he Ichigo. create this Hogyoku if he knew what was uh, like the Soul King? Mm-hmm. Why would he create it? What do you think it was for? And like Tokuna was trying to pressure him, like if Urahara knew, like what do you think? Like Urahara when he was creating the Hogyoku. He didn't know Aizen was up to use shit. it. Yeah. yeah, he's like he had no idea that he needed it for Aizen. He's like, so why do you think he was doing it originally? Like, and he was totally pr- like prodding and like trying to use his inside. He's like, fuck, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's like, like well, shit, fuck me, man. Yep. All right, so we have reached a point I have been desperate to get to. So back the pre can't figure on world bleach boys episode eleven of core two. Did you guys go back and watch that, or do I need to give you a refresher? I didn't have enough time to go back and watch it, but I remember it. Okay. So, d- in that episode, it's the one with Ichibe and uh, Yuha are having just a con- sitting at that long table, right? Yeah, they're sitting at a table, and I mentioned, oh, man, Ichibe lies like a motherfucker during this scene. And I had mm-hmm. some people in comments. I had some people on TikTok like, no, he's telling the truth. I was like, you guys have no clue. They haven't he read it. Yeah, because what does Yuha ask him? He says, hey, so the world used to be one thing, and now it's three. Who did that? And Ichibei just says, oh, the Soul King did that. And Yuha clearly doesn't believe him and goes, who brought the fear of life and death to people? And Ichibei, looking real creepy, says, oh, that was also the Soul King. And I was like, you lying motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But... Okay, now listen, listen, listen. And let's say this was Pinky Promise mode. Mm-hmm. Ichibe himself says that a lot of the stuff that occurred could be attributed to the will of the Soul King still. That's the way yeah, he said that even true. though it seemed like he was in a, a constant state of life and death, he, he's just a body. He's like, clearly, with everything happening, Ichigo being drawn here, the arms coming back, the powers returning, you could argue that that was the will of the Soul King and it just finally... I think at one point he says it it was probably fate, but he has better plans for Ichigo, which is yeah. why he wasn't chosen in the end. And he also like he said like what a coincidence though, huh? Like mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. So I I think he was lying. I think he was full on lying and just trying to test Ichibe or not Ichibe, but Yuhaba uh, and see what he he knew. But I think in a certain point of view, he could be correct. Well, I'm gonna quote fate here and say just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> true. Um, what I was thinking when I was seeing all the stuff about uh, the true, basically how the Soul King was formed. You know the um, when Ichigo and Thousand Year Blood War, the new anime only scenes we're seeing, where he's training to take on this power of the Soul King. And he keeps oh, where he's in the flashbacks. Like, grass. We see um, the guy holding the Soul King's body in like yeah. the water. So the guy that we're seeing, the chubby man. 
that's the original Sunny Shiro guy, right? Either that or the Shiba guy. Right? Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be one of them. It's got to be one of them. It's got because I would assume it's the Suna Yashiro guy because it looks like when we saw him, all the arms and shit were cut off. Yeah. But it could be the Shiba guy seeing it and be like, oh, fuck, what'd you guys do? Like, shit, but we did this. He looked evil as fuck. He looked like the bad guy from Sonic. Eggman? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that part, when we got there, I was like, oh, I can't say anything. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like, right? Because so surely if the Sunyashiro family led this revolt to kill the Soul King, the flashbacks we're seeing with Ichigo and basically like this hunt, the the flames, and then, of course, him holding the body in the water, it's got to be the original Sunyashiro family. It's got to be. the original Sin. Like, like, very for real, they were like, being in this one world system kind of sucks. Hollows are just appearing naturally, and they're starting to eat people. And this is a problem. And this thing called hell has just shown up and this sucks. We need to do something about it. So they all teamed up to like make the soul king. We're going to, we're going to split the world and we're going to make you do it. You're the linchpin. And the Sheba guy's like, nah, uh, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. We got to do it though. Yeah. The Sheba guy was kind of like the little bit of the optimist. He's guy got a little bit of morals. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's like, I get the game plan, totally get it, but surely there's a way we can do it where we don't have to sacrifice the guy who's both referred to as like our savior and the devil. Like, yeah. sure, like surely we can keep the guy who's been protecting us and find another way to do it. It's really interesting. I love, I love this chapter. I love all this lore. So now, when we do the rewatch of Core Two right before Core Three comes out, you're both going to be looking at shit and going, oh. Oh, our, so you're saying our eyes have been open? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying just like Bloodborne, you have eyes on the inside now. Ooh, I like it. Amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's cool shit. And I also like there was a little tidbit that was thrown around where it's like this story is out there. Like people have heard this exact story before, but it has been. Uh, basically disassembled to this fairy tale like it's not actually like even kiraku was like i thought it a was a fairy tale, tale. yeah like, that's a fairy tale like what you're about to say it's not true he's like you know it's true like you know that is the case and even like i was like ever like people have heard it. it's a fairy tale you know and that's kind of how they're running this smear campaign when it's like there are people that know that it's true which aizen and you know uh Rahara being two of them and down to Kanata, he's like you know it's fucking true and that's why it was so important because Aizen actually saw the Soul King, he and Kisuke, somehow. We don't know how. Like, I can't imagine Aizen would decide to do everything that he did just off hearing a story. I imagine he had to get some kind of proof. What I, I think from Yeah, the, I, I agree with that. Well, I think from the story that we heard here with the Hogyoku, which I mentioned, um, it goes to show that Urahara found out first, and then it was Aizen. Yeah. So it was not like they were doing a buddy cop show and they both stumbled upon this treasure, you know, whatever it was. But Urahara found out first. Then it was Aizen. And then I, it disgusted Aizen so much. He's like, I got to do something about this. Yeah. And Kisuke, We're like, it, Kisuke decided maybe we should just leave things the way they are. Yeah, well, I feel just like even the they were alluding to potentially that Kisuke, much like the Shiba family, with the creation of the Hogyoku, was trying to find some solution to change that. Mm -hmm. Like maybe he was trying to use the Hogyoku as some sort of a power vessel to replace the Soul King so they don't have to have this dead body you know that they're basically using to power everything that they could replace the original sin uh where meanwhile like you said eisenstein he's like fuck this world that's so fucked up like we're gonna go back to how it was 
Well, I don't think that, that was an Eisen's goal to go back to how it was. He wanted to take over. He wanted he was, to just change. He's it, like, I yeah. want to be the guy on the throne. The U-Haul wanted to go back to the way it was. There you go. Yeah. 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 But I like. It's so interesting that Keyscape's plan wasn't. I'm gonna change things. It's I need to do right by the Soul King. So we're just gonna make a new one. And yeah. we'll let this yeah. guy go free, maybe, and or die. Yeah, we have no idea. And it's like, it's almost to the point, you know, where like, I like Urahara a lot. And I say the same thing about Aizen. I like them both a lot. I was probably, I mean, I feel like they're two low hanging fruits, some of the best characters in fucking Bleach. I don't really want a story where we get inner monologue of Urahara. Like, I just don't want that, you know? And it can be done because you, you kind of like, are. You just don't want to know what was going well, on? I don't want, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you don't need to see how the, the, the food is made. You know, okay, you, I see. Like, if you you see how something is made, you might be like, grossed out. I don't, I don't, not necessarily from a grossed out thing, but it's like sometimes the mystery is good. Like, just leave it as it is. You're like, what am I eating? Don't I, care. I don't want to know the inner workings that we were hard as brain. I like kind of being like, why would you hard? You know, like, what yeah. what is the reason? It's kind of like why, like, what we think. Um, what's uh, Eisen's Bankai? Yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Leave it as is. Like, I don't need to know everything. The mystery is what is appealing. Yeah. I, I, I have the perfect example. Uh, so people like Han Solo. He's pretty good in those original movies. You know what I didn't need? A Han Solo prequel movie. Yep. Yeah, yep. I agree. That's a perfect example, actually. Perfect. I don't I don't need to know how he got the Millennium Falcon. I don't need I didn't need to know what the Kessel run is. I didn't need to know how he met Chewbacca. I was fine with him just being the way he was. Now, I will put a special asterisk. Let's say say, excuse me. Urahara and Aizen did find out at the exact same time. Maybe they did some Mission Impossible to go see what the Soul King was. Then I'm in. But yeah. that's already been ruled out, so I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not in. I would like to know how they like saw him at least, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I like I don't need a detailed explanation. I don't need to. I don't need to see 20 chapters of Kisuke being in the lab figuring shit out. But if they go, like Kisuke to me feels like a guy that stumbled upon creating the Hogyoku because he was just fucking around and shit started to work and he goes well this is neat and then he's like I can yeah. use this later because he's he's a naturally curious guy like I, yeah. I he creates stuff with a purpose but I also imagine he's just like what if I put this thing and this thing together oh this works yeah I yeah, think that I, I could definitely see yeah. that like I could like Eisen seems like someone with a purpose. Keith K seems like he just stumbled upon the Soul King accidentally. Went, oh wow. Well, I mean, they even talked about when uh, they were fighting above the Urahara shop. Whereas, like, Kisuke was just so excited that he got to try one of his mini scenarios yeah. when they were fighting above. And Hisagi's like, that is the man that he is. He is just like creates these things, just you know, just a contingency plan, just to have. And then he is so excited that he gets to use it. Where Eisen is like, I'm doing this for this, and I'm gonna do it. Like, and. It, or I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna create this. This is gonna be fun. He's this like, is gonna be what this. if this happened? Hold on, yeah. let me type. Yeah. yeah. What if he's like, hey, what if I made a portable gi guy that you could blow up like a balloon? I'm never gonna <laughs> do that. And then he fights exactly like that, and he gets to use it. And he's like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like the that. real victory was using it. <laughs> but, yeah. But you know how his Zonpok toe, like its Shikai, can shoot out like the red laser that goes along yeah. the ground. Like it can also do the shield. I imagine that it could only do the laser at one point. He's like, I bet at one point I'm going to need a shield. So let's figure this out. And then he finally gets to use it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's just the kind of guy that he is. Fuck. What I is, got nothing bad to say about Urahara. What is sitting in Kisuke's storehouse that we never get to see? Yeah, does, he, does he have a mech? 
he's probably got everything. It's just like the Batman, right? Yeah. It's just like what does he probably has fucking everything. Like it just he's it just it built is. everything down there that he would need. I I I need a filler episode where they go to Keyscape's fucking creepy ass basement, right? And it it's like that scene at the end of Indiana Jones one where they're putting away the Ark of the Covenant. And you just see oh, where there's just a bunch of boxes. There and was like, a filler episode where somebody broke into Mayuri's thing. I think it was Sinbon Zakra when Sinbon yeah, Zakra bro- yeah. broke into Mayuri's uh, research that was, and development. That was great. That was a good episode. Mm-hmm. But like, I just I don't want that shit to be acknowledged at all. I want them to just be walking past shit, and it's like normal boxes, and then you see like a jet plane, the Mona Lisa. He has an atom bomb, and they're just like, "Keith, where'd you <laughs> get that?" Now you don't worry about it. We're fighting a sword. Don't beast. worry about it. I made those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just props. It's like the door's right over here. Just gotta yeah. come this way. Thank you. He's K. Did you bomb Nagasaki? Okay, listen. Whoa, <laughs> that's a right turn. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't mean to go there, but hey, there we. It was all, all right. Anything else? Chapter 22 that you guys want to talk about? It was a lot of Soul King. I mean, there was stuff that happened that wasn't the Soul King, but most of that was no, driving the bread, that of but, the bread and butter or the meat and potatoes. Okay. Let's just say the meat, the meat and potatoes of all of that was definitely all of the Soul King stuff. And I just uh, think it's funny that Squad Zero was just kind of hanging out talking about this. Story time. Like, I'm I'm upset that Ichibe didn't have a big like, you know, picture book to show everybody. Well, and also that one thing that I didn't mention when they're talking about the Shiba clan, um, what is the healing chick's name, Squad Zero? Hikafune? Hikafune. She brings up uh, Kayan. Oh, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she does bring up Kayan. Yep. So a little shout out to the boy Kayan who just is like the fucking ace of this series. He just died so fucking early on and he died just way too brought early. up all the fucking time, this guy. I mean, if you were that cool, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's just Ichigo with black hair. Uh, so to to catch everybody up, so we're up to date. We are currently on fuck that bitch Tokinata fifteen. We'll see how far that goes next episode. There you go, the perfect end. All right, we good? We good? We good? I think we're good. We're good. All right, so we will be back two weeks from now. That'll give us enough time to completely read the rest of the novel. Uh, and then after that, I'll be going to Japan. So we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you guys have any questions, if you guys got any revelations from watching it, let us know in the comments down below, of course. And then Pythes did have a fact-checking question. If someone can find the Eisen quote from the beginning of the book, let us know in the comments down below. Of course, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and we'll see you guys in two weeks for another episode, okay? Have a good one, everybody. Happy uh, 2024, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Tokinata. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.